What's up, everybody? Welcome to PSI Love You XOXO, episode 34. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside the new face of video games, Blessing, Eddie Oye Jr. Greg, can you believe we made it to episode 34? That's, Wal- that's Walter Payton's number. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you son of a bitch. Blessing. Did I get the name right? Walter Payton? You, Is that his You name? did. You nailed it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, thank God. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's like it's like when you're in a board, you're like in a meeting, and like and, you, and your coworker says the exact idea you had to like your boss before you can, and then like it's their their yeah. idea. Now Kevin thinks you're cool, you know. Yeah, you know the, the whole Bears. audience knows how well that I I know Chicago Bears football and their players, like Dick Buckus. Yeah, yeah. I named I named several. Name name another one. No, that's that's as far that's, as I can go. That's as far as you can Pippen? remember. Jim McMahon. Jim McMahon kind of goes. Scotty Jim Pippen. McMahon. Scotty Pippen. Taking a train to Busan right player. now. Oh, you're oh you're doing it. We're doing going. It. We're, we're, we're going, going to Busan. Busan, everybody. This is usually a games cast treat, but now it's going to be. Oh man! I wish I was warned I would have brought my own vice. You know, I would have figured something else out for myself because of Popeye's course we're recording this. Sandwiches. We're recording this a bit early. Uh, we're recording yes. this Friday afternoon. Great point. Editorial note for everybody. I'm on vacation the week this posts, so we're doing this one ahead of time. So this is the last thing we're recording on Friday. Where It's Friday, August 21st at 2 p.m. So if yes. something crazy in the world of PlayStation happens between now and Tuesday at 6 a.m., actually, I guess more like Monday and 2.30, that's when we usually record, uh, you got to check games daily for whatever's going on. Exactly. And like usually at this point, Friday after 2 p.m., usually I've checked out. Usually I'm done sure. for the week. And so spiritually and physically, my body is like, all right, we're done. You know, get take yeah. a nap like you always do on your Friday afternoon. Sure. Get get prepared for the weekend. But we got this show, and so if I if I knew you're bringing the Busan, I would have figured something out for myself so I can get that boost. What I love about you, blessing, is you are a consummate performer. Like I have no yes, doubt that you're going to rise to the challenge here. Shake it off. You're still wearing that hideous spawn on me shirt. I don't know if you saw this, Kali Adams. Kali Adams and me. The the sandwich feud continues. He somehow, in the first two seconds that uh, Games Daily went live today, where I was calling him out for making fun of my sandwich stuff, he immediately had a response prep. No one can see that. It's mirrored. They can see it. They can understand it. I'm looking at the confidence monitor. They can see me. (laughs) He had a response, and he's he's trying to escalate this sandwich war more. And now we got Paris involved, who I have to take his side. I make my ribs in the oven just like uh, Khalif, but now i got to be on Paris' side for this argument. So I hope you're happy. That's what you've done. Torn the world apart, and you're still here repping it. But it's Friday, so yeah. Just gonna be honest. I muted. I muted that Twitter thread about three tweets in because I, I, I saw I saw uh, Khalif tweet something. And I was like, oh cool. Cod uh, added me in something. And I saw you responded, and I saw Paris respond, and I was like, this is this is about to go down a rabbit hole. So I'm this gonna shenanigans. <laughs> I don't want to be part of these internet shenanigans. <laughs> I don't. I have no say in, in who's right or who's wrong in this situation. Well, as everybody knows, I'm right and uh, Khalif's wrong. So it's easy. It's simple. It's done. Mm-hmm. It's over. The poll happened. You all had your chance to vote on how a sandwich gets uh, condiments put on it, and you all did, and, and one side of the bread works. That's it. Right, Kevin? Uh, yep, 100%. Thank you, Kevin. But you don't have anything wrong. Like you don't have anything against the double-sided spread. I think it's right? too many. I think it's too much condiment. I don't want oh. a mustard sandwich. I want a ham sandwich. I want to taste the ham. I want the, I want the mustard to accent the ham. I don't want it to just be because what I go back to all the time in this argument is this. If I was making a burger at home, right, or if you're going to like a Fuddruckers where you can get a burger and top it however you want. When I get that burger, what I'm going to do is on both sides of the bun, put ketchup, mustard and pickle because I want that tang. I want that explosion that goes in there and mixes with the meat and becomes a brand new flavor. When I'm eating a sandwich, I want the meat to be the flavor. Hmm. You understand? Does that make sense to you? 
one one of the tweets that Ka tweeted today that I, I really appreciate is uh, he was he was responding to you and John Drake who somehow got involved in this. I missed that John Drake got involved. John uh, came off the bench because he saw somebody uh, being besmirched me, and he's like, you know what? No, that's the right way to make a sandwich. And he, he meant uh, Ka mentioned that you can't have a WAP on a DOS, being you can't have a WAP on a DAS, uh, a wet ass pastrami on a dry ass sandwich. And if, I, you know what? I'm, I'm gonna be honest. I don't know much about what that means, but I I I like the the phrasing used here. First off, every time I've ever ordered a nice pastrami sandwich, you get it on rye. There's only mustard on one side of it. I don't know. I don't know what restaurant you're going to, which sandwich shop you're going to, where they're putting it on both. And at this point, I think we should stop the show, Kevin. I need you to go to Amazon.com. I need you to rent American Pie. We need to jump to like the three-fourths mark where Oz is making a sandwich for Mira, Mira Sovino. Does he put it on both sides? Like I just, I, and when I go to a Subway, I don't see him fucking smothering the bread and everything. I haven't been there in a long time. Like, cause, but, this seems like a, like a, you know, like a, a, a trick kind of thing. Like here's a shortcut to making a sandwich or here's like a, here's a, a quick a tip hack. for making a, a, like a hack. hack. Yeah. Here's a life hack, you know, spread the sauce on both sides. Then you get double the wetness. You know, I feel like it's a bad thing. I don't feel like it's like Who wants a double thing. the wetness? I don't, I, some people like it wet. That WAP. That like, that's a different the thing. This is, this, is, this is what John Drake was, because it, of course, escalated today and then to be a Chicago thing. Where I, I was like, Chicagoland represent, because me and Drake are from obviously the same area in Chicago, or Burbs or whatever. So it's like, all right, cool. We're all together. We know what we're doing. That's maybe that's why we both feel the same way about this. And if somebody somebody else tried to come off the bench insulting us, and John knocked their ass out because he's like, we either want little or we want it all. Where you take the sandwich, right? You get an Italian beef and you, you just dunk it in the gravy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's either that or that. All right, Kevin has pulled up. I think here on HBO Max, American Pie. This is gonna get us taken down. Yeah, are now. we? Is this being shown to the audience? Because that is that is a danger thing to play it's, with. I mean, it's like a picture right now. It's not moving. Okay. 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 Fair. So, okay, take it away, and then go. Yeah, like three, four. You remember the scene I'm talking about? If you remember, Oz works. Uh, uh, he works at a sandwich shop his dad owns, and so he makes the sandwiches. M- Mira Servini comes over there. It's when they get cast, they have to do that duet together. Where they have to take it seriously. It's like when she's starting Only to fall for him. It. Only you can see it. <laughs> okay. Great. <laughs> uh, well, this is Stifler yelling, finding out about Finch's lies. Yeah, it's, give me Stifler, some skits. In this movie, especially, yeah, this is where uh, Stifler was great. Okay, okay. Oh, they, now you're way too far. That's him. Wait, maybe you're not. Is this I can't the, see where is, you're is it at. This movie on. where the Bandcamp thing came from. Yes, it is 100. percent Okay. All right, Kevin. I always get them mixed up. All the, the, ah, the different American pies. So no, you've gone too far. This and this is on me. This isn't on you. You're right. You're about three fourths. Yeah, there you go. Come back. Because this is go back a little bit more. Yeah. Come on back. Okay, this is it. You did it. You're there. Okay. So they just peel me back a bit. And all right, there we go. Let's let this play a little bit and see how he makes this fucking scene. All right, here we go. <laughs> this right, so is exactly what I need. This is the most famous sandwich making scene I've ever seen in my life. So this is what we need to base it on. If I'm crazy or they're crazy. He reached for the mustard and he had the roll open in front of him. Now she's talking about fucking being. Uh, 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 what do you see, Kev? Hmm. Can you see that bigger than me? Can is you there see a way we coming? can enhance? It, look, to, to my eyes, I'm going to show yeah. the kids. I'm going to show the kids. Sure. Hold on. Sure. So, I see one side looking like it's got a piece of Pretty mayonnaise dry. coming down, and then the other side looks totally dry. You totally dry. 
Yeah, I do see that. I do see that. Kevin, can I compliment you right now on the fucking triple A podcast you're pulling out? Kevin's on point. Kevin you're like, fucking, is on another I have, level. Did there. you have a Busan a second ago, Kevin? Because you're fucking on another level. I had so much level. coffee today. Yes, you did. Dude, sir. that is I'm awesome. Proud of here's you. Here, here's where I take issue. Is that oh God, here we go? You of course again. I've just Illinois. proven my point. I'm correct, but sure, go ahead. You're you're from Illinois. John Drake yeah. is from Illinois. I too am from Illinois, and even though you didn't you know who are, Walter Payton was. We're, I think I was the one. Dibba, 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 dibba. <laughs> How are you gonna get out of this one, bless? I, I think I was the one, one who first referenced Walter Payton, and so I don't know what you're talking about, Drake. <laughs> um, <laughs> but like you know. You guys are citing Illinois as, you know, a reason why you guys are superior sandwich makers or, or whatever, maybe. No, Simpatico. just that we had the same idea on why the sandwich was made the way it was made. Okay, because I, I just I just want to point that point out that that uh, Illinois doesn't have all the greatest food ideas, of course. Like we have deep dish pizza, which is great, but sure. Illinois Tiny is also beef. the state that loves to cut thin crust pizza into squares and party style, party pizza. Yeah, yeah, I'm not about that. So I, I kept the scene going, and you can see yeah, the left side still totally dry. And the, Kevin, that sandwich is pretty close to if done. If you were here and you wanted to consent, I would kiss you because this is just <laughs> it. Because I, I here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen. Everybody knows Greg Miller, huge American Pie fan, but because obviously I call this scene up at memory. But dated the question I have Greg. for you is: Do you have a more famous sandwich making scene? No, in a movie? No, you don't. You know what I mean? No, Ooh, I'd have to sit and really think about that. I can't. Think and here's of the other thing too: If you might be, oh well, uh, you know what? Uh, idle hands kevin you give my permission to buy idle hands too anton makes a sandwich there and i can't remember if he puts it on both sides of the bread when he makes his bologna sandwich however i will tell you i i i I actually might own it idle hands i can tell you of course he's not a professional sandwich artist all right it's not we're not asking how does your little brother throw the baseball in the backyard we're saying how does a major league ball player throw it right and that's why you would go to oz's family sandwich shop Clearly, he would have done his research here. Chris, uh, which one? Chris Klein. He would have done his research here. He would have understood how to make a sandwich here. I'm Googling or not Googling. No, I'm in no, Amazon. I, I do I own. On, I do. I do own Idle Hands. Hold on, everybody. Oh no, we're gonna go down a rabbit hole. But I mean, this is it, if, I mean, like again, this doesn't. This is what I used to call a footnote to history. This Idle Hands mm-hmm. viewing, because this is not part of. Uh, hey. Is this the correct way to make a sandwich or not? This is how Devin Sow in Idle Hands made it. All right, I have it open and I'm looking at it. If you want to watch it, we're at the 2131 mark. I right don't here own it. Hands. I can buy it. You say the word. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. So hold on. I can show you. He isn't. Well, let me, do I have any weird tabs open? No, just stuff for the show. He is that he is currently he is currently put a con the mayo on one side of the sandwich. But okay. again, we're we're talking about a standardized way to make a sandwich but, versus well, hold what on. is it like I'm that. letting it play, and I'm going to see if he goes the other sa- side. And again, this doesn't count as a real thing. Ooh, ooh. Does he go the other side? It's. I think he does because he doesn't. Wa- oh, I can't show you right. He does it once mm-hmm. on the one piece of bread. Puts the mayo down. Pulls up another piece of bread and wipes it there. And then yeah, okay. There is definitely mayo and blood on both sides. Idle Hands is a horror movie, if you didn't know. But like I said, wow. that doesn't count. And also, wow. I'm going to just toss it out there. Doesn't that look disgusting? That is way too much mayo for a sandwich. Look at it just on both sides of the bread oozing out being disgusting. Devin Sow, I would expect it better as an actor from you. But maybe actually, you know what? I'm casting it too quickly. Because remember, of course, in this movie, he's a stoner. He's a washout. He's a fucking loser. Apparently like Khalif Adams in Spawn wow. on Me. Who doesn't know wow. how to make a sandwich. It makes sense, actually. I come also, back around. Wow. Is that the devil's hand doing 
Chris Klein's no, he's not fully. Well, yeah, he's using them both at this point, but it, he it's clearly Anton in control of this. I'm right I'm now. on an article from Nerdist that is twelve iconic sandwiches from TV and movies, and they mm-hmm. start off mm-hmm. with the Birds of Prey, the perfect egg sandwich, which I think, you know, recent movie, and so it's hard to put it up there with like the classic great sandwich. sandwich but that doesn't count for what we're talking about, does it? I mean, what are we talking about? Like sandwich? How do, yeah, like I mean, like an, a, a breakfast sandwich. Rules are out the window on how you're making that. You put it on a Kaiser roll. You're doing all this I mean, stuff. We're it's talking a, very it's specific. It's still a sandwich, though. Like a sandwich is. A, are we talking talking specifically a mayonnaise ham sandwich? I yeah, can go like, back to a ham sandwich in my argument here. Because again, like this is what people love to do. They love to pull the argument in all these different ways and try to throw it back in my face. What I'm saying is. The only way to make a sandwich properly is to put the condiment on one side, one piece of bread. It's the same way Oz did in the movie American Pie. Mm. Done. Then I right? withdraw because I'm not a big I'm not a big ham sandwich person, and so I don't I don't really have an opinion on the on the ham sandwiches. <laughs> I was like <laughs> 15 minutes of arguing to be like I withdraw. I don't, <laughs> I withdraw. I don't even know what we're talking about a ham sandwich, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Let's talk about PlayStation because this is PSI Love You XOXO each and every Tuesday at 6 a.m. Blessing and I come to you with a nerdy show about nerdy PlayStation geek out fun times. If you like that, head over to Patreon.com/slash Kind of Funny Games over there. You can be part of the show with your questions. You can get the show ad free. You can get the show with the exclusive post show we do each and every week and. On a normal day, you can watch us record the show live because we're not live right now, right, Kev? Nope. Yeah, okay. Usually we record them live, but like with this much time, I don't want you to be able to go back and watch it. And then the YouTube numbers tank and everybody's like, oh, they suck. No, 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 I can't do that. So that's why that's happening. Uh, if you don't get it live while we record it on patreon.com slash kind of funny games, no big deal. You can get it youtube.com slash kind of funny games, roosterteeth.com, and podcast services around the globe each and every week that's tuesday 6 a.m when it posts again you can get earlier patreon.com slash kind of funny games uh some housekeeping for you uh guess what this week is gamescom the completely digital far-flung future gamescom and thursday it all kicks off with opening night live the jeff Keeley extravaganza that is Thursday, August 27th at 11 a.m. Pacific time. We will be live reacting on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames. Uh, it will go up later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames. But I'll obviously expecting a bunch of announcements. Will we see more stuff from the Xbox Series X? Will we see something from the PlayStation 5? Definitely PlayStation 5 games. But is this where we get some kind of announcement more? Unless it's already happened while we were in this weekend of when the PlayStation 5 is coming, what it costs, something to that effect. Uh, what we do know... Fall Guys Season 2 will be teased at this event, and so you'll get that. Uh, Blessing, where, what's your hype level for Gamescom opening that live? I'm really excited. Like, I, I, I think it's in a good place because we don't know too much about what's going to be there. And there's, as far as the next-gen race, there's still so much to be shown. As far as you know, what other games can we expect for PS5, launch window, or, or even just 2021, right? I think we could get a couple of, of games there. Not necessarily like first-party stuff, but you know, maybe some third-party, maybe some uh, exclusive deals, maybe some more details on games that we already know about. And so like more Bucksnack stuff or more Jet the Far Shore stuff or Solar Ash stuff. Like, I think that stuff has the possibility of being there. Uh, I'm really excited to to see like how this event starts to lay the the future of uh next gen question for you then mm-hmm. what do you think is reasonable to expect out of this event is it just going to be games do you think playstation will be there to say something are they holding that back for their own uh you know wants and needs i i think if a console manufacturer is there it is more likely to be xbox than PlayStation because mm, we've seen mm, his, mm. the history of Xbox revealing the Series X at Game Awards, right? And for this as another Jeff Keighley event, I 
I think it could be appropriate to see this the the Series S revealed here on the PlayStation side. I I don't I I feel like that's not been PlayStation's mo as far as coming out with hardware details or anything surrounding like the the PlayStation Five. Like we've seen it be the Wired articles or last year, and then the yeah. Um, this is in this the, that's the thing. This is such yeah. a different year for in console generation or whatever you want to call for how they're releasing information. Do they care about the traditional events anymore? Yeah, exactly. And so, like, between, you know, looking back, the Wire articles, the uh, Mark Cerny thing, which, like, PlayStation pretty much did, like, did by themselves, right? Uh, and it was supposed to be a GDC thing, but for all intents and purposes, that was the thing that they, they took into to their own hands. Uh, the PlayStation blog where they revealed the dual sense, right? Like, yeah. I feel like we're, we're, we're in a different place as far as what these events mean to PlayStation. And so I would, I'm doubtful that we see anything big from PlayStation um i'd love to but i i'm with mm-hmm. you that i feel like with these state of plays with these presentations with them the the ability uh, to make your own, own organic events i don't see why you'd try to fall in line with hey well this is the normal thing this is how we've done it before jeff's doing something like that's cool and that's great but your playstation like if you want to put it up as a blog post if you want to put it up as a video if you want to just have an interview yeah. with wired no matter what you say people are going to listen it, and it doesn't really depend on where you make them listen yeah, that's I think there's a lot of games, game stuff that we could get. Totally. Like I wouldn't yeah, be surprised to get sure. updates. And so like even even uh I bring up the PlayStation Indies uh, uh site page that they have all the time. Uh I can see like any one of those games having updates there. Again, like Solar Ash, Jet the Far Shore, the um yeah. the Housemark game that I keep forgetting the name of. Unless that is Jet the Far Shore. I always I get No, these, no, no, Jet, Jet the Far Shore, Shore is, is the, the Super Brothers game. one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, um looking it up uh yeah i'm hung up on matterfall which obviously is their own returnal which is returnal. such a weird name yes stuff like that the capcom game you know that, that made appearance like i think there's so much potential for for any one of those games to appear and for us to get future updates on it but i'm not sure. expecting anything too big all right then we'll stay tuned thursday you can watch along with us like i said 11 a.m pacific time twitch.tv slash kind of funny games podcast services later no that's not right well games i think games cast is going to be the post show too and so the games cast yes. will be there and then of youtube.com slash kind of funny games for everything back to this show ps i love you xoxo thank you to our patreon producers who supported us at patreon.com slash kind of funny games mohammed mohammed aka momo julian the gluten-free gamer skin tight salmon jeffrey long or as we like to call him jeffy pp long Sancho West and James Hastings. Uh, today we're sponsored by youtube.com slash kind of funny games, but I'll tell you about that later for now. Let's begin with this week's X's and O's. Kevin, hit the song. X's and O's. X's and O's. Topic of the show for this one comes from patreon.com slash kind of funny games. Uh, Blessing and I were going back and forth on Slack this week, right? Hey, what yeah, do you we want were. to talk about? We had a special episode, it's out of the rotation, and not that I think there's going to be major breaking news, even though now that I said that there will be, even though usually the news breaks Tuesday morning or Monday night, just to fuck with this show, no matter what. And Oh, thank you, Kevin. Uh, what do you want to talk about? We went back and forth with different topics. And then this one came in from a young man named Nathan Choquette. Also, Nathan Choquette, I want you to know this. You are a dedicated supporter on patreon.com slash kind of funny games of both uh, this show. And I see you on games daily. You're, you're all over the place. You're a best friend. You, I appreciate it. You no longer need to spell your last name phonetically. I feel like you're wasting a good three seconds you can have back in your life. And for the amount of questions you're submitting, I understand your name and I see it and I appreciate it. Blessing. Agreed? Agreed. Thank you. Uh, Nathan writes in and says, Mr. Eric Lempel has made the claim that PS5 will have the greatest games lineup in the history of PlayStation. 
And while I'm not sure it's necessarily a hard take to make, uh, seeing as how it's going to be the most cutting-edge hardware from Sony, it did make me curious about something. When looking back at previous generations, including the PS4, what plays the biggest role for you personally in crowning a generation as the best? Nostalgia? The scope or narrative heights games were able to achieve? Or something else entirely? Thanks for all the great work, uh, you both. Uh, if you missed it, uh, Eric Lempel last week, wink. Not like today, you know what I mean? Wink, oh, yeah, because like we're still in last week. Fucking God, you know what I mean? uh, GamesIndustry.biz put up an article that was titled, uh, PlayStation, colon, launching a console during a pandemic is a massive challenge on every front. And it was Eric Lempel from PlayStation talking about the hurdles to uh, PlayStation 5. And it was mainly centered around the new ad. Have you seen this ad, Blessing, this trailer? I, ha I have. The, it's the ad that is like the, the, the lady who's like doing yep, in her apartment or whatever. Things. Yeah. It's, it's the lady yeah. doing the different things. <laughs> you know it well. Thing. You know yeah. what I'm talking about, I've guy. seen the video. <laughs> yeah. But the idea is that it's a trailer for the PlayStation 5 that kind of reminds me of and this is a reach but i think most of your nerds like us when you go to the dolby theater and they're like the blacks are so black the thing's still on the waves are crashing they're showing you the differences it's that yeah. kind of thing where it's taught it's trying to show you three-dimensional sound around this woman and it's trying to show you the haptic feedback stuff as she of course draws yeah. back she's a like shooting bow. shooting an arrow yeah. yeah exactly god damn this fucking played out thing that is all they can talk about well we're gonna um, talk a lot about that for in ps5 watch because okay. i actually want to break down some of that stuff all right i won't get, I won't get into it then so that is it, it, the centerpiece of this article is Eric talking about basically, like, yeah, we have to make this trailer that was completely filmed in quarantine. Like the actress filmed that at her house. Uh, and it's hard to tell you what the PlayStation five is about when we really want to show you, he has a quote in there of like, if this was a normal year, we'd have demo stations. There'd be the truck. You'd be able to play this thing and you can't do that in the pandemic. So we have to think outside the box on it. Uh, but at the end of it, he has this quote. Once you get beyond all the features of the PlayStation five, which makes it a true next generation product. It's about the content. The content that will be in the launch window and beyond is incredibly exciting. I would say that this is the best lineup that we've ever seen in the history of PlayStation between our worldwide studio groups and our partners from all different publishers around the world. We've revealed some of the content and naturally there will be more to come. But the way that the developers can engage with this platform and create these new experiences with known IP as well as unknown IP is incredibly exciting. Obviously, that's a piece of the puzzle. You've heard everyone from PlayStation when they talk about the PlayStation 5 talk about how it is going to be this giant thing. And that plays back to Nathan's uh, Nathan Choquette, uh, who says, when looking back at previous generations, what plays the biggest role for you personally in crowning a generation as the best? Blessing, this question spoke to me on a number of different ways. But what I love about it is it's not the traditional video game podcast question of what is the best generation? And then we argue games, this, that, and the other. It really is this argument of how do you define blessing at Oye Jr. in your own head when somebody does ask you what's the best PlayStation generation? How do you look and figure out what you want to judge it on? I mean, it's hard for me to judge, uh, honestly, because I think you can make any you, you can make a number of different ar arguments. I like what Eric says in his quote here where he, where he says it's, it's about the content um, because it is, right? At the end of the day, yeah. like people are going to judge a platform by the games and that rings true when we look around it i actually just made a tweet uh today not about playstation about nintendo um because it was graphic 
the uh, okay, no, I'll skip this one. No, there was, no, a, there, was okay. a, there was a graphic that uh, they tweeted out from the Indie World Showcase that happened last week. That was all the games that they talked about. And it was all the logos, right? And we've been talking about, a lot about Nintendo on other shows about how, yeah, this uh, as far as what their upcoming output looks like from first party, there's not much to chew on. Like there's Pikmin three, which we have the date for, and that's about it. Everything else is pretty much in the ether. And I saw the Indie World graphic and saw how many different games they had yeah. laid out as far as like the the indie off- offering coming to nintendo and it's actually a pretty impressive graphic and i tweeted out that hey like we talk a lot about how we don't see much coming out of nintendo upcoming but if you look at this graphic like i'm okay with what we got here like this all yeah. uh, seems yeah. awesome to me and again that comes back to content like whether is where there is good content that is, that is going to essentially set the tone of how people feel about the platform to the question of what makes a platform uh, better than, than the other, or what makes a, a generation better than, than the other, or what will make the next generation a success? I think that could be a number of things, right? Like, mm-hmm. are we talking about are we talking about success as far as numbers? Like, success as far as how much this console sold? Are we talking about success as far as um, this is uh, a philosophy innovation? question? You know what I mean? We're, we're asking about whatever you want to talk mm-hmm. about. Because for what, me, that's I, what Nathan Choquette is doing. I think there's an argument that that Nathan kind of alluded to a little bit in his question that. Um, like yeah, every generation is gonna be better than the last because we do see mm-hmm. innovations mm-hmm. in te- technology and games do continue continue to get to get uh, bigger and more technically advanced and better designed and we learn things like as we go and you can make I think you can make the argument that every generation is better than the last. Um, and that was something. If I can interject here, I found fascinating. As I say, just about every PS I love you XOXO uh, these days, and I will say again, I cannot compliment you the kind of funny community the best friends and specifically the psi love you xoxo audience enough again we were putting together the show to record at 2 p.m today we chose this topic i think right around games daily at like 9 30 and i put up a tweet i think after games daily at noon and had a plethora of responses from all of you who were ready to tell me what you think uh, makes the best generation but then also i put in there just even though i don't want this to be the show and what we argue what you think the best generation of PlayStation has been. And I was shocked, honestly, that the overwhelming response there was PlayStation 4, that it was this generation. And all of you had different reasoning as to why and different arguments as to why, but when you sit here and you talk about the best generation of any platform or video games in general, right? I think as you know, Nathan brings up this idea of nostalgia, I think usually that speaks so loudly in our heads. And it is that thing of like, oh man, games, it was so great to have an NES or whatever. You know, you're trading around, but like even your formative memories are my formative memories, right? Of my first PlayStation and then getting the PlayStation 2 and the first console I bought with my own money and all this stuff. Like you start getting these pangs of rose tinted glasses for sure. But then also, like, you know, God damn, the PlayStation 2 library was incredible. And especially, you yeah. know, for a while there, it was hitting with, you know, the Grand Theft Auto 3, Metal Gear Solid 2, Grand Theft Auto Vice City. And I'm just being very selective, right? Of like yeah. what I'm putting in there, Metal Gear 3 eventually, and so on and so forth. I was shocked to see so many people pop up and say, no, it's definitely this year. Uh, you know, and, you know, Christopher Voigt wrote in and said, PS4 slash current gen as it delivered an amazing mix between amazing new first party IP slash beloved uh, sequels, triple I indies, unexpected indie surprises and delights overall. Right. Um, another one I pulled here uh, was uh, pa- uh, I'm sorry, P Schwag, Patrick uh, 
Schweigert, uh, who said, without a doubt, this generation, uh, it might be it might be a recency uh, bias, of course, but the amount of complex storytelling and game mechanics introduced in this generation makes it an easy debate in my mind. PS1 and PS2 has the nostalgia going for it. But when you compare titles like The Last of Us Part Two, Ghost, uh, uh, Ghost of Tsushima, God of War, or even d- dumb fun like Fall Guys and Jackbox to the quote unquote golden era, it's more rewarding being a gamer now than it was then. Oh, in VR. Like, yeah. it, I, I think it's such a interesting question and to see how everybody went through and debated this. And again, even uh, to, you know, this question of what do you personally look for when I say what's the best uh, generation for PlayStation? Alex wrote in patreon.com slash kind of patreon.com slash kind of funny games, just like you can. It says, uh, is this a trick question? The answer is games, right? PlayStation 4 has God of War, Last of Us Part 2, Spider-Man, Ratchet. The list goes on and on, and that's just the exclusives. PlayStation 4 is the best generation. Conversation over. Anyway, let's move on. Yeah, and I and I think that's kind of where my answer lies too, is the catalog. And that I think that speaks even more so than like how good are the games. I think for me it does speak it's it does speak towards like how widely varied are the games? How many different types of experiences mm-hmm. are you getting? Mm-hmm. And I, and I think that is another argument for the PS4, where you do see you. I mean, you mentioned it, right? Like you see games like Last of Us Part Two, but you also see games like Fall Guys, and you also see games like Dead Cells, and you also see games like um like I don't know, The Last Guardian or Destiny, or I I can name pretty much any other game on the PlayStation Four, sure. and you don't really see games like that on previous generations. And that comes to the few things that comes with the fact that the PS4 is more powerful than any other PlayStation console, obviously uh, that came before it. Uh, so there's that. There's also the fact that, yeah, like the, the different spaces have developed and, you know, expanded in cool ways. Right. And so the, in, the indie space, for example, right. Like that, that's the thing that, really came to fruition last generation when we talk about how uh, we talk about indies the way we view indies now but this last generation like indies have obviously gotten more varied and diverse and when i think of indie i don't just think of 2d side scroller right like when i think of indie i do think of hellblade right uh, that that's dead cells which is what i keep bringing up um uh fall guys right minecraft which i think was last generation but you know you get you get the point and was indie, right? And you, you get the point that these are games that are so widely varied, and I think that fills the catalog with, with richness. Like, if you ask me this question, let's say, toward the beginning of this generation, um, or even, like, with the, with the PS4 removed, my answer probably would be the PS2, which feeds back into that answer of nostalgia, uh, for one, because the PS2 mm-hmm. was the console I had growing up, uh, and it was, the, it was the console that had me fall in love with, with, uh, with, with video games the way I am. But also, like when you look at that catalog, you do also have a, a diverse offering as far as, yeah, like you mentioned the Grand Theft Autos. I'm looking at a list of games that came out in 2004, just 2004. Um, and I'm looking at Burnout 3 Takedown, which to me is one of the best video games I've ever played. Metal Gear Solid 3, uh, Spider Man 2, Tony Hawk's Underground 2, Dragon Ball, uh, Dragon Ball C Budokai uh, 3, which is like one that hits close to me specifically. I'm seeing like Final Jack Fantasy games, 10. Final Fantasy 10, yeah, uh, Hitman Contracts, Katamari Damacy. Mortal Kombat, Deception, and that is just 2004. Oh, um, shit. I'm sorry. I was talking over you. I didn't realize. I forgot that you are saying that. Because there's so many great mean, games you just listed where I was like, oh, yeah, and this and that. Yeah, but he, like you can you can expand that to the PS2 period, and that catalog is insane. And I'll, I'll put that above uh, the PS3 and the PS1. Um, and the reason I'll put that above the PS3, for me, for me personally, is I think the PS2 just had more variance in terms of the different games. I feel like PS3 had uh, hit a point where so many games kind of felt samey like of course there's a diverse library there but 
like I, I feel like third person action games and shooters and like the the action game that was you know dark and a lot of brown colors and like gritty that came at like that, that hit an apex point right like tour uh during the ps3 that i feel like kind of muddied that library a bit even though you did have your other games there too like you had games like i was gonna say heavy rain but heavy rain is also another dark <laughs> gritty uh game but it was like an adventure game which which was cool and different um, i want to bring it you i want to bring in uh again christoph uh actually i think i said christopher vote it's actually listed here as christoph my apologize christoph uh again what uh, christoph makes something the best generation i like this here because i think it pivots the uh, conversation into what you're talking about a little bit is how many high quality games reached the most players and made their days slash years of living better i like that because i think when you start talking about the quality of a game we're no longer comparing them head to head right if that makes sense where if we were sitting there and like i you know do i think the last of us part two is a better game than uh something from the playstation one that was beloved right like metal gear solid yeah which i adore right it is that thing of well putting them side by side and looking at them i think objectively you would be like well it looks way better right and it does this and i think it's wrestling with themes in a different way and and i do think in a better way and like you i think you're not every time obviously some games are timeless when you look at like you know mario or whatever castlevania or something yeah like like i think it's interesting to say start talking from a quality perspective rather than your personal library perspective again what this is just you know moving in a million different ways to Mm -hmm. have different arguments about it but then quality yeah you start i think you know the case you're making for the playstation 2 stands out really broadly right i think i think playstation 2 does have such an extensive library yeah and had an impactful library yeah i I think that's such a big thing i i think you could also make the the argument for innovation like ps1 was such an innovative console when it came down to it and like i think you can make the argument that maybe the ps1 was more innovative than the ps2 ps3 and ps4 you know as far as what it did for uh like the, sh- the shift gaming, to 3d essentially wrong, yeah. yeah like when uh, to bring back the middle year solid versus the last was uh uh last was conversation right like could you make the argument that middle year solid means more to more for video games than last of us i think you could yeah, yeah or even like last of us part two yeah like i think you can 100 make, make that argument I think you can make the argument that even even if we're talking just narrative, the amount of things that Metal Gear Solid did for narrative in video games and cutscenes and like bre- breaking the fourth wall and, and all this different stuff, right? Like that game was a very impactful game, and it's almost an it's it's I mean it, it is an unfair comparison because like Last of Us Part Two, as incredible as Last of Us Part Two is, I don't think yeah. is in a place where it can make the same impact that Metal Gear Solid has because we're just in a different time and space now um but like as far as far as the innovation versus quality conversation yeah like last of us part two is a more i don't know if i say it's a more fully realized game but i mean it looks better and like the it plays better like there's there it is more modern there's so much stuff there's so many things that uh last of us part two is doing that miller solid miller solid one like didn't do and you know that could i think that could go either way as far as how you want to have that conversation another thing i think is interesting right where into this who has the best generation what's the best generation of playstation if you were on a desert island you could have one console right i wonder when you and this is i think speaks to what you're talking about of impact and the impact metal gear solid had or you know on playstation 2 the impact gta had and that's actually those are both actually probably bad examples where i'm driving at because those were so impactful because of what they did and they were so different and they changed games into much different ways but insert any game 
from the PlayStation 2 era and talk about how great it was and just in general that it stood out. Even because like, even right now, glancing through the Wikipedia for the best, you know, selling PlayStation 2 games, you, I feel like you literally just scroll anywhere and you're like, oh my God, what a great fucking game. Like you find one of those right there. I wonder if the impact and the lasting legacy of these titles in our head has so much to do with them being a big fish in a small pond kind of thing. Because it's back to what is the best generation. I think that right now, compare PlayStation 4 to the PS2, and there are probably dozens more PlayStation 4 games I would rather play than I would on PS2, right? And I mean that because, of course, in PlayStation 2, we're talking about having to have a disc in a box on a store shelf. So you already have this barrier to entry for games that you don't have on the PlayStation 4, where it is that... You know, I always joke around about it, but I'm serious that when I started at IGN, right, in 2007, we were still at a point where you could play everything that came out if you really wanted to. You could still play everything that came out on, and I'm talking just PlayStation, but even games. When you get to, the, you know, all the systems that IGN had, it would have been more like anything of consequence. But on PlayStation, for sure, like, you know, the games we would get shipped to us on a Tuesday or whatever, you would be able to, if you wanted to, touch them all and have an opinion about uh, on some way because there was just fewer games to deal with. Whereas right now, so like to this argument again, what's the best generation? Well, in a way, doesn't PlayStation 4 win out by default because there's more to play? And granted, maybe they're not, and I'm, you know, I'm using the, uh, I'll use the Amazon scale, right, of like five stars. Maybe there's more, you think of more five stars off the top of your head in games that you were just like, oh my God, how incredible they were on PlayStation 2. But I would argue that you have way more 3.5s or 4s on the PlayStation 4. So if it was this desert island argument that you'd go there and if you had access to everything on the PSN, if you had access to everything in your PlayStation library, you know what I mean? Like, again, we obviously live privileged lives, but I think this is one of those times where it helps us a bit more with the context of this of, you know, when I go into my PS4 and I go into the back end to download a game from my library, it's like, what, at 800 titles now? And that's the stuff I've redeemed the code for, not things that I've been, I didn't get a code for or I gave to somebody else or just weren't my jam kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like, think about that. Like, that's more games. If my whole life it was just playing games and not even talking about the games, if it was just to play them, I wouldn't be able to play them. Yeah. I wouldn't be able to play all that. Like, you so, want, uh, there's got to be something to that argument. I, what, so to you then, what can the PS5 do to become the best PlayStation generation at this point? Well, right? I, mean, I, think we've, I think we've already nailed it, right? They're going to do it hmm. by default. <laughs> yeah, I mean, do you think? Do you think so? Though, like, do you no. do you think we've we've not hit the point where, um, like, as far as as far as like the breadth of library, right? As far yeah. as how many games we have on the PS4 and the different types of games, do you think that continues to grow with the PS5? Because I feel like at this point, yeah. I, and I mean, it's hard to really make this argument because who knows what happens in the future. But we've, we, I think we've started to hit this point where we started to level out as far as how many developers can be making games at the same time. And like, you know, the, uh, when we talk about the variance of the libraries, like I think, I think games sure. will continue to become more cool and different and unique and all this stuff as we continue forward. Um, but like, is there, is there a point where, where toward the end of the PS5 generation, we look back at the PS4 generation, we're like, all right, yeah, like the PS5 had games has games that look prettier, but you know, PS4 had X, Y, and Z, right? That were that yeah. still are better than the PS5 games. I it depends on which one of the arguments you want to make, right? I I really enjoy this where I feel like we're forging swords and putting them in this holder, and it's which one do you want to grab for the battle to go do this with? Mm-hmm. Where I think in our argument of like 
there being well clearly on playstation 5 there's i think there's going to be more games i think it's you're going to continue to see this and i think again you're going to see if you're not talking about five star games we're talking about double a games we're talking about four star games we're talking about indies what's really awesome i think and something we've been seeing for a while but if you really want to stop and think about it for a second we're kind of not paying super close attention to is indie games getting a double a indie games getting a triple i i don't know if i how much i've talked about that in the show i was talking about to somebody at dice Mm. about this this year maybe even another show i forget but it was like trying to decipher well no when you say indie right you still think of the one person it's in their spare time they're making this thing maybe it's two people working in a garage they put out this game everybody loves it right you think of like a fez in my head at least and i'm old granted Mm -hmm. but then you look at something like what fucking super giants doing right you look at something like housemark and what they're doing and like these are people who were making smaller indies and were making smaller projects and have learned and grown up with it same thing with like Drinkbox, right i mean like who fucking continue to crush it with guacamelee guacamelee too but like i remember tales from space about a blob tales from space mutant blobs attack like these way simpler games and we are seeing before eyes cappy we are seeing the independent developers grow up and rather than I, I think it was easy for me personally as probably as a pundit or whatever analyst or whatever you want to say watching all this happen that the idea was oh you'll go from it being an indie to being a double a to maybe working on a triple a game right when in reality mm-hmm. the double a triple a whatever market you want to call it still exists over here but now there is this indie thing where indie still does mean that it's uh um she dreams elsewhere uh davion yeah, right. Davion, it still does yeah. mean that, hey, man, I'm making this game all by myself and um, killing myself doing it, but it looks awesome and it's going to be great, but it's going to keep taking time. Right. Or um, Kyle from uh, Emily's Away, where we're talking, we were just talking about today on another show. That's still happening here in terms of like, oh, yeah, these are the indies you think of in that way. But then suddenly there are double eyes, there are triple eyes. Rather than worrying about coming over to the A space, they're making their own indie spaces and not having to play by the rules. And I think that that market will continue that way so again to your point about playstation 5 right when we get to the end of the playstation life cycle or a five life cycle or deeper into it and it is mm-hmm. as i think with the majority of stuff we talk about for playstation 4 this year standouts tent or uh, this generation standouts tent poles you're talking about first party stuff you're talking about exclusives you're talking about what sony uh, did what playstation studios did i think you're then also talking about all these great indies that were around, all these other experiences that were there. Back to my point of like, obviously the 800 games or whatever it is on my PlayStation 4 aren't all Mm -hmm. from PlayStation Studios. They're from the other folks. And so PlayStation 5, that'll continue to happen. There are people playing playing stuff right now or graduating school right now or fucking not quitting school and not going to it or whatever. There's probably in pandemic who in somebody in pandemic right now is working on your ladies and gentlemen next favorite game your your favorite game of 2022 is being worked on right now by somebody who never would have fucking done it but when they were sheltered in place and had nothing else to do they picked up uh some c plus plus or whatever (laughs) jumped into maya or whatever and so i don't know how to make games and started doing stuff right like that small indie market will continue to go you're constantly going to have people coming in and trying it and then you're gonna have people who succeed at it and go to that next level of indie development go to the next level of indie development you're going to constantly keep having uh, you know, triple A studio, triple A uh, publishers like uh, 2K looking back. Like, right, let's start private division. Let's go. Uh, Annapurna, right? Devolver, like these people, even Devolver, who like used to be like on the outskirts, were edgy, are like fucking like the premier indie publisher, right? Yeah, like, like they just published Fall Guys. Yeah, exactly. Which is, like, the biggest game right now, and that's the thing, man. Where I think 
that keeps snowballing and makes for a healthy industry, a healthier industry. Yeah. And so, yeah, by that definition, I think unless they're like, you know, you joke around about it, unless something else drastically horrible happens and changes or whatever, like, you know, you know, all, all, all services say, you know, disco is going to be around forever kind of thing. I'm like, <laughs> it seems like, yes, the PlayStation 5 should end to be the best one. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the biggest thing I'm excited about when it comes to catalog and what the what what the PS5 is going to be. Because, you know, to the point that I think we're both making here is that indie games are going to continue to expand and develop. And as, at a certain point, like, I want to do some sort of retrospect as far as this generation of games, like indie games specifically, to sure. see, like, all right, what, what have indie games been this generation? Because, like, you talk about how, yeah, like, you know, we there's a certain thought that comes to mind when you say indie, but this last generation of indie games, I think, has shown like if you if you draw the line from beginning to end of the generation like that indie games have expanded in such in in, in such great ways that um you know have been awesome right like telling uh i keep calling it telling stories telling lies telling that's lies. the yeah telling like telling telling lies versus something like um uh you know fall fall guys or you know these di- hellblade or these different types of indies uh they're there are there, I think there are, there are so many ways that, that can continue to expand into next generation, especially with you know SSD and how the different totally. technologies evolve. I said, again, I, it's the same thing of like it's always the technological leaps everything makes. So hmm. you figure as the internet gets better, as you know broadband becomes more available to everyone in the United States or better better internet to everybody in the United States, like suddenly those games are not only possible from the technical level po- possible from the profit level where you know you are making a game that isn't uh, splintered off and other people can't play or whatever yeah and, like, and we've been talking about a lot in, in other shows about the epic versus apple situation sure. and as far as like you know epic trying to like break down the walls as far as what the apple uh 30 split is and the, monop- the monopolization of their market and all that stuff and you know we we talk a lot about how what the results of that could be when the results of that does uh if epic gets their way right does benefit developers in the way that you're talking about as far as the profitability right if indie if if indie developers and developers period are able to make more money off of their games on these different stores that then allows for more creative and new kinds of games to get made because you are you know you 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 can uh take more risks in terms of green lighting because you don't have to make as much money on every single game um which i think could be a really cool thing if if epic is able to win that fight uh i i just sent kevin actually a link to this game that's making the rounds uh this last last week called black myth wukong uh yeah are you tweeting about this or asking about it or something you wrote about it i saw some some so I, th- I think it was like some, like somebody else was talking about it um, on, on. I think it might have been Imran or somebody, but uh, this is making the rounds, and it's an indie game coming out of China, a mm. studio of like I want to say like thirty people, but like they outsource, <laughs> oh, so I think it's it, it's really like sixty or so people that are that are working on this. But yeah. if you like fast forward Kevin to gameplay, this game looks incredible. Like it looks fantastic, and this is a game that is being made by an indie team. And I think you know if all things go right like this is what next gen looks like in terms totally. of totally i mean like well the think different about types it, of games think about it and i know that they're they've been bought but think of ninja theory think of hellblade right like yeah again that was a game that came out of nowhere and punched everybody in the face and they're like oh my god this is an indie team and again like they're third party but they're independent they are small they're doing this thing granted i uh you probably know better than me is that are the is the development team on this even smaller than that like kind of thing or do, mm-hmm. and i don't i'm not asking you to speak out of turn but like on you hellblade? know yeah 
I mean, comparing I mean, Ninja Theory to this this team. Who's I mean, Ninja Theory, Ninja Theory as a studio is bigger than this team. Yeah, but yeah I know yeah, Ninja right. Theory is split between different teams that are working on different things. Right. So I don't know how many people are working on Hellblade specifically. Yeah, and so that's the thing of like that. I think is the future of games and the future of indie development in a lot of different ways. Is that guess what you we've incubated you've done this small thing people have learned it and they've also learned how to make it more profitable to make a team bigger to go off and make a different kind of game exactly um more people here i thought this one was an interesting one Woggerman wrote into patreon.com slash kind of funny games and says moments moments in games that i can't stop thinking about moments that happen that couldn't be done in past generations those moments that make you say wow i could never have anticipated a game making me feel this way I thought that was a, another really interesting yeah. way of how do you describe the best PlayStation generation, right? Like those indelible moments that you think about when you think about games. And again, I think yeah. that speaks to nostalgia, but it's powerful. Yeah, for sure. And like, I, I when we talk about moments, I think the P, that's where the PS3 uh, generation starts to come to me because I start to think about games like Portal and Portal 2 and how mm-hmm. like that game was such a yeah. moment in time and how that game like, you know, was such an incredible thing, right? Like that whole, like Bioshock, uh, yep. Assassin's Creed, like there's there there are so many games that came out during that generation that I think, you know, really had big moments because I think the jump to, from PS2 to PS3, I think even though the biggest part of that was the HD jump and how like textures got better and all this different stuff, right? Like, I think there was that narrative jump that really took things to the next level as far sure. as cre- like creating moments in games uh, that I, I think speaks loudly during that. Uh, generation and has continued to speak loudly through this last generation too uh what i find interesting is you talk about moments then you wonder what that means and everybody has a different vision i think for it uh mm-hmm. for me of course it was metal gear solid you know playing that with poe and ps1 and just us being blown away by what we were seeing and what was going on Woggerman put in in terms of what generation he would pick he says i think if we're talking graphics and interactivity as opposed to the previous generation then ps2 is the greatest gen so many of our favorite series started in that gen and the graphical leap from the PS1 was astounding. If we're talking about storytelling and the quantity of amazing games, then the PS4 has been the best. Do you do you think there's a there's a, been a game on this generation that has been as impactful as GTA 3 on PS2? And I know it's kind of like it, it feels like an impossible question because that it the does. question then becomes how do you become as influential as gta 3 here's the thing about it where and i'm trying to check my head as i go right because you don't want to say i don't want to immediately be don't torn apart in the comments mm-hmm. my knee-jerk reaction would be no and my answer my backing that decision up would be the fact that like you have to remember as an old motherfucker and somebody who loved grand theft auto on playstation 1 loved grand theft auto 2 on playstation 1 i remember opening that egm seeing it was like up in the it was on the one of the pages up here of you know we're we're, here's like 100 and whatever playstation 2 games we're talking about and seeing the you know your character in grand theft auto right jacques or whatever out in the real out in the world with the camera like uh in front of him they'd swung the camera behind him and i remember reading the three paragraphs over and over again trying to wrap my head around it and then talking to uh my friend jason about it it was just like there it's 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 an open world sandbox and it's in the third person perspective like did you call him Jacques? i did yeah yeah his name is claude <laughs> they're starting up here i knew it was something like that i knew i was in the ballpark i knew i was, I was in the like ballpark. Jacques. I I, as soon Jacques. as i saw you, you took it in for a second and then i saw one of these and i saw i'm like ah oh, fuck i don't know what it really is but i know it's close to that 
they but to think about that game that I had played for hours and hours and hours from this top down perspective coming all the way down but keeping the anarchy keeping the open world keeping like the ability to go anywhere kind of thing it was like it would be like me telling you on a show tomorrow with a screenshot of like oh blessing can fly by the way and I'd be like, mm. well, like you know I was like I remember being and then getting it and it lived up and it did all that stuff and it was crazy and like you look at that game right and yeah, I mean, GTA 3 changed everything. Like, everything yeah. became sandbox. Everything became open world. Everything became that third-person action, go wherever you want to go. And so has that happened in this generation? No, but it's also hard to say that it hasn't because, again, there's so much noise. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, that's a very good point. Is, you know, because if you're going to go that way, then, like, yeah, then, yeah, like, battle royales like okay what fortnite's battle pass like there's a bunch of uh, uh, apex's ping system like, i mean like these are Fort, things I, that are, Fort, fortnite alone i think you know down the road we're gonna be able to point back and make the argument you know that fortnite did so much uh and yeah, i know this oh, is yeah. thing, like you, you bring up a lot right and, and this is this was a big thing during our 10 out of 10 conversation that we had on gamescast early this year but like fortnite between the battle pass between the different events between the um like even even the marvel crossover that we're seeing right like the amount of integration and the amount of of uh you know different things like that that is happening in fortnite like that's that's more than we've seen before in video games right that is that is an incredible amount of impact that that game is having and so to your point right you know looking at the way different games are doing it you couple fortnite with i know this isn't a playstation game but Breath of the Wild, which is a game to me that is going to define how a lot of open world games function sure. going forward. Sure. You couple that with you know a game like Destiny, right, which is the, yeah. which, which was kind of the leading charge as far as though, right? games as service. I mean, Destiny. Des oh, it was it was it came out cross platform, and so it came okay. out like in 2014 or something like that for both. Okay. PS4 and PS3, but yeah, right. like I, you know, I'm not the biggest Destiny fan, so I don't have all the dates memorized. <laughs> but when when you when you couple all these different games and yeah. then compare that to something like gta 3 right i think that then becomes a bigger argument of yeah like it's hard to make it as big of an impact as this one game did for this whole genre but yeah so many other games are making so many different kinds of impacts on almost as big of levels and that's the thing is i think it's such a different um it's almost back to this question of how you how do you define the impact where i think grand theft auto changed the kinds of games you played I think games as a service change how you play certain games, which is very impactful. Don't get me wrong. Obviously, mm -hmm. the way Fortnite's monetized and been able to do all this different stuff and introduce battle passes, all that. Like, I would guess that yeah, Fortnite probably is the most is the game you would put on that pedestal to try to fight Grand Theft Auto in terms of most influential because it mm -hmm. has spawned so. But again, it's not. I don't even though there are a lot of battle royales and obviously there were battle royales before Fortnite. It's not that I'm, I think you're seeing in the way grand theft auto totally redid third person action adventure open world games right or made that up if you want even sandbox games third person sandbox is what we're calling back in the day i guess yeah grand uh, fortnite hasn't inspired more battle royales it's in it's inspired more battle passes it's inspired more uh ways that your community crosses over with other communities it's inspired like, that's what it's doing and that's yeah. such a a harder thing to point at and be like, oh, this is as influential as that. Because when you point at Grand Theft Auto, you immediately see all the Grand Theft Auto clones. You see the way even Assassin's Creed looks, you know, and you can tie that back to a Grand Theft Auto and how that all changed everything. Yeah. Whereas, yeah, Fortnite's more like how you monetize and how you, uh, you know, 
get you look at like a, even though I guess it's a battle royale, but you look at Fall Guys compared to Fortnite, and it's like oh, there your battle pass is right yeah. there. You know what I mean? Like I, I understand mean, how that is. I mean, there's the argument that Epic was able to make Epic Game Store as great of a thing as it is because of the su- success of Fortnite, right? Well, and that's like, not even an argument, right? They said that they were like very much, very clearly like we make a lot of money off Fortnite. We don't need to worry about this. Yeah, you know, you 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 tie that in with the the split that they're giving devs on that yeah. store. You tie that in with uh unreal engine and how they've been able to improve that because of Fortnite. you tie that in with the crossplay stuff and how crossplay has been has been a thing um or has been <clears throat> getting becoming more and more of a regularized regularized i made that up where um normalized. Uh, regularized thing normalized thank you normalized thing you because dude, of Fortnite. that's you're right you, we yeah. just, that's a huge like Fortnite might right there you could you could probably make the argument and, and trace this back again to the App, Epic versus Apple stuff, right? If Epic wins that battle against Apple, you could probably make the argument that Fortnite is more of a most more of an influential game, game than GTA Three. Yeah, and you and see, this is exactly at the core of the argument where I think GTA influenced game design and Fortnite influenced game mechanics. Yeah, if that like makes Fortnite sense, in, and that, and I, even like industry. Yeah, exactly. That's a way better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I don't have the right wording because I'm not smart enough, but yeah, GTA influenced game game design. Fortnite has influenced the business of games. Yeah, but yeah, that's an really really fascinating point. And also, there's the other part too of like, clearly, we need to get a few more years away from Fortnite to really see. Because I mean, we even talk about it on the show, right? And we've talked about it on the show too. This idea that like, yeah, everybody takes Fortnite for granted now. You know what I mean? It's like, oh yeah, Fortnite. And again, like. You know, I have a, a refresher course on it. What two weeks ago or whatever, trying to get Poe or getting Poe to play Fortnite with his son and me, where it was like having to explain to him that like he's like, oh well, J- you know, Jack's gonna be on the PlayStation Four, so I can't play. And I'm like, no, dude, whatever screen you have, and this was you know, th- it was the day before the fight started. Whatever screen you have, you can play Fortnite on for free and play with us. Like it's not like the old days where we would be locked out if somebody else had, a, a, you know, if somebody had a GameCube and we had a PS2 and we couldn't play together or whatever. Like, it's crazy to think about. Yeah. Uh, I want to give one final one here that I just thought was the funniest. Uh, Kebabs wrote in, and again, what defines uh, the best PlayStation generation to you? Kebabs writes, the amount of games I own for it. I'm very selective with the games I buy. I don't get I don't get ones unless I know I'm going to love it. So the one with the, the with most games is logically the winner. And it's a very much like, huh? All right, I see what you're Fair. saying. Like, I like that. That's how if we ask, when we ask you this, like, how would you define it? Where would you go? And like, I think you know, I don't know much about kebabs like how old he is how many games he was buying as a kid or anything like that but it's interesting like okay cool but kebabs also votes playstation 4 the number the number of games i have on it aside it has some of the most significant amazing games of all time including uncharted 4 uh plus lost legacy the last of us part one and two god of war ratchet etc oh the actually goes on a lot longer i just didn't see it this has been an interesting thought study blessing yeah i've enjoyed this conversation me too ladies and gentlemen it's not over if you are hearing this later and want to sound off of course you can do it in the youtube comments on youtube.com slash kind of funny games but feel free to write in uh patreon.com slash kind of funny games and let us know how you define the best playstation generation blessing back to you greg uh i want to i want to do the return the return of of the mac a PS5 watch. That is such a great song, by the way. I was listening to that song legit last month. Shut oh, up. he has the graphic. Yeah, the graphic. Wow. He, I he was didn't... not expecting the graphic. I'm sorry, Kevin. We won't do it again. Sorry. It's the return of what, uh, Blessing? PS5 watch. I can... Dude, Kevin's on point today. I Dude, cannot I believe you. how much Kevin is killing it. We love you, Kevin. You're doing a great job. Great Thank job with you. that American Pie Thank stuff. You.
But yeah, Return of the Mac came came up randomly last month that I added to Spotify and I've been listening to it so much. Yeah, it's such a good song. Uh, on PlayStation Blog this last week, uh, they put up a post talking about the different ways devs are taking advantage of the DualSense controller. And we talked about this briefly a little bit earlier, right? Where they had the they had the TV spot where it was the girl yeah. doing all the different things. Uh, it was that girl <laughs> doing the things in her house, you know. Doing, you know doing the I'm things in her house. You, using the bow and arrow and, and doing all the different things. Along with that, in that same blog post, they they essentially have a bunch of different quotes from a bunch of different devs that are working on their high pro profile PS5 games. Talk about how they're taking advantage of the dual sense. And I thought I thought this was pretty fascinating. So I pulled I pulled a few of the quotes. I'm not going to talk about all of them because there's a lot in there. And I I highly recommend people go to the PS blog to check out the full post because they go into detail for a lot of them. Uh, but I pulled out specific ones that I think are pretty cool and pretty interesting. And so I'm going to start with this one from Brian Horton, who's the creative director of Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales, who says, quote, the haptic feedback precision allows us to do all sorts of new things. In Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales, we'll be hinting to players which direction attacks are coming from by providing haptic feedback from the appropriate direction on the DualSense wireless controller. What does it feel like to use Miles' stealth ability? How does the Venom Blast feel? Because of the high resolution of DualSense wireless controllers haptic feedback system, we can really push the dimensionality of the feedback. For instance, as you hold down square to do a, to do a Venom Punch, you feel Spider-Man's bioelectricity crackle across the left side of the controller, culminating in the right side on impact, end quote, which is some pretty cool stuff. Craig, I, I didn't even ask you, did you check out this blog at all? Yeah. Cool. Um <laughs> I didn't mean to close the door on the conversation. Yes, I read it. It was cool. I'm excited yeah. to hear more. As I was as I was going through, I was like, oh yeah, I've not actually talked to Greg about this blog specifically, so I don't even know if, if Greg has seen it or not. Uh, cool. <laughs> uh, there's also this one from Dinga Bakaba, the game director of Deathloop. It says, "Quote: I'm really excited by the adaptive triggers and the haptic feedback. Both features that will bring some physicality in game experiences and give important feedback." Deathloop, being a first-person shooter, we do a lot of things to make weapons feel differently from one another. One I like is blocking the triggers when your weapon jams to give to give the player an immediate feedback even before the animation plays out, which prompts the player in a physical way that they have to unjam their gun, end quote. Uh, there's also another one from Gavin Moore, the creative director at SIE Japan Studio, where and they're they're talking about Demon Souls. They said, quote, metal strikes metal when your foes block your attacks or block or you block theirs. That extra sensory feedback through the controller allows you to know your attack hit home and your perfectly timed parry was a success, so you can react faster and more decisively. Uh, we can also turn the simple act of pulling a, lev uh, a lever to open a gate into a sensory experience. This is something that Rumble could never do. It could, it could, never, uh, it could never replicate the feeling of metal striking metal or, or fire crackling in your hand as you conjure magic." End quote. Uh, one more I'm going to pull from Marcus Smith, the creative director at Insomniac Games. He says this, uh, quote, the adaptive triggers are something we're excited to feature in Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. For instance, the Enforcer is a dual-barreled shotgun-type weapon. As you pull the trigger, you'll fire from one barrel, and, you'll, and you can feel resistance around halfway, halfway down the trigger. Need a bigger blast? Pull the trigger through, uh, through that resistance point, and you'll fire both barrels at the same time, end quote. Greg, we've been talking a lot about bow and arrows when it comes to the dual sense and how this functionality is going to work. How does also, all when this you drive through gravel or mud? You'll feel oh, the yeah. difference in the you'll rocks and the slippy slides in the triggers. Uh, this is, I mean, yeah. As much as we've given them, sh and I, it's mainly me just being annoyed with hearing the same fucking examples all the time. These are way more concrete and sound way more exciting. 
personally. Obviously, when you're talking about a haptic feedback and what the controller can do without having games to talk about, you have to be general and you have to talk about tires and you have to talk about bow and arrows. Uh, this stuff gets interesting. And it's back to the Eric Lempel article from gamesindustry.biz, right? Of like, yeah, we got to do this in a completely different way and not the way we want. Because it is that, you know, electricity arcing across the controller from the left side to the right side is miles. It's like, man, that sounds like that could be really cool or really fucking annoying. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, it's it's the same thing of like, you know, uh, we were talking about Avengers earlier and how they just put out a patch for the this third weekend beta that is now passed for you. And one of the things is like, finally on console, you can turn down motion blur and camera shake and stuff. And it's like, on paper, having the camera shake in a battle sounds really cool. In reality, it shakes too much. You think it's annoying. So it's like, yeah. how do you walk that fine line with something? And I'd love to hold the controller and play these games. And I know, for the record, PlayStation and all these developers would probably love for me to hold the controller and play all these games. It sounds neat. It sounds cool. I'm sure it's stuff you can, you know, dial up or dial down probably to save battery, you'd hope, in, in or if it's just annoying or for accessibility. So maybe it's probably mm. a moot point to really worry about it being annoying. But it sounds cool. It sounds immersive is always such a weird thing, right? Because the the games where I've totally lost sense that I'm playing a game are few and far between, and most of the time are in VR. So, will it add to my gameplay experience here? Will it make the games feel more alive? I'm down to try. What did you think? I mean, I think a lot of this sounds cool. I'm 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 kind of with you in the sense that a lot of it, a lot of this will have to come down to when we actually get our hands on the controller and see how this feels in reality, because a lot of this reminds me of HD rumble with the Nintendo switch and the joy cons of, Oh yeah. I remember, I remember leading up to that, to the release of, of that console and HD rumble being like one of the big talking points, but like, you know, when the thing actually comes out, like it's, it's a cool gimmick, but I don't know if HD rumble really changes the experience on my Nintendo switch that much for it to be like a, a thing to really fixate on. Uh, it was always that thing HD Rumble was, I mean, it sounds lame, but was cool in 1-2 Switch, right? Where it was yeah. like, how many things are in here and stuff? That was really cool. But then on a day-to-day game or a day-to-day basis, how many games are making use of that? That's the other thing, right? Like, Exactly. Do, I don't, and I, I've, I've played a lot of Animal Crossing, not as much as some Joey Noels, but like, does, does the HD Rumble on my Joy-Cons in Animal Crossing, is it telling me stuff? I don't know. That's the other thing of like, as, which I thought thought was interesting about the greatest console generation thing, right? Is like we didn't talk about UI and features and shit like that because I think anything that's brand new at launch becomes so normal within a few months of any of these boxes, right? And even updates where it's like you know when we went and did Peace Walker when we restarted PS I Love You earlier this year and played through Peace Walker again on PS3. Going back to the PS3 was like, oh my god, how did I ever use this thing before? But you didn't know any better. Yeah. And in the same way here of like is this stuff that sounds really cool and six months in, I'm not even going to think about it. And then and not only in six months in our, our third parties using this, or is this just first party stuff, which is fine, but like, yeah, where does it stand I mean, on the actual that, thing? That's kind of where my mind goes when I read the, um, the thing about Ratchet and Clank, as far as the enforcer being a, a dual barreled shotgun. And if you pull the trigger part way through, like you feel the resistance and, that, and that'll do a regular shot. But if you pull through, you then do the double shot. Like that sounds really cool to your point like how much how much do third parties use that yeah that reminds me of the ps2 analog buttons where i think the only game i can recall that ever used that was metal gear solid 3 where if you click the square button that is your aim and or if you click halfway through the square button that is your aim in metal gear solid 3 and then if you hold in and then let go that will do a shot in metal gear solid 3 that was okay. the only game that really that really used that functionality 
that I that I played and remembered. I'm sure there might be a couple other games that, that use that stuff, but it kind of reminds me of that a bit, though, like the way they talk about it, that sounds really cool. I can't wait to see how that works in Ratchet and Clank. Um, and like, I mean, the the way they're talking about all these different things, right? Could in theory be really cool and really awesome, but yeah. it's one of those things where I'm trying not to get too hyped up about it until I totally. actually feel it and know how it works. Yeah, hundred percent. Until we have it in our hands, like it's just talk, and I, I, and it's not that I think they're lying. It's just like, how can you have an opinion about how something feels till you really feel it? Exactly, Greg. I want to talk to you about some of my uh, PlayStation picks for this week. Of course, this is where we highlight some of the uh, some of the cool looking games coming to PSN this week. Usually, I I, I do I, well. I've done historically like two to three games. There are a lot of games I have on this list, and by a lot, I mean like six, um, because it's a pretty pretty decent release week it looks like even though there's not like the big game coming out like we don't have a watchdogs or a cyberpunk but we do have quite a few cool looking smaller games like no straight roads which is coming out on tuesday august 25th uh this description from the game's website lead the musical revolution in no straight roads a rockin action adventure explore vinyl city and fight musical megastars on your journey to defeat oppressive edm empire nsr and experience an action-packed adventure that mashes together rhythm infused third-person combat with a kick-ass soundtrack this is actually a game i previewed at pax west 2019 yeah uh actually a pretty cool game like i can't wait to see how the final thing comes out and uh-huh. during my preview like very much a pure pre-release experience of oh yeah like it doesn't it didn't have all the bells and whistles whistles there okay. um but the the idea and the concept there i think is really exciting as far as it being not really a rhythm game but somewhat of a rhythm game like you don't have to play on beat in the game but enemies will will um uh launch their attacks to the beat of the music that is playing uh, and so, like, if you have rhythm, that'll then allow, allow you to dodge attacks better and be better at the game, essentially. Okay. Uh, and the whole the whole idea of it is, like, this battle between Rock and EDM. And, like, they talk about in this description the EDM empire of NSR. Like, you are, and I think you are, like, the the, the Rock people. And so you're kind of fighting back. Similar to that, uh, the Trolls movie. I don't know if that movie oh. ever came out. The I don't know if you saw the trailer for it. Trolls no. World Tour. It did. Um, yeah, that came out. It did came, come out. It, it did come out. Okay. I never Everyone watched it. Even, I was very excited about uh, it. But it was very it. popular with children uh, uh-huh. to the point where they uh, movie theaters and universals got into a fight, AMC. But they have since okay. reconciled. So don't worry. We are, in fact, going to get to watch Fast and the Furious in Dolby. Oh, was that was it? Trolls yeah, World know, Tour was that the one where they were like, "Oh, we've seen so so much success with streaming that we're gonna start streaming all of our movies." They did that. That is the one. Bless. Okay. Wow, this, Trolls this World Tour really is the cool thing style. that kicked it off. Yeah. Uh, no, no, uh, Straight Roads. You talking about what? Or Trolls World Tour? World Tour. No, no Straight Roads. I'm saying this. The styles here, although. I'm not oh, a big yeah, fan of DreamWorks movies because usually their stories poo-poo, you know what I mean? But sure. their their big jumps in animation and texture is always impressive. The 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 hair on um, these trolls really, sure. really – they were like – they're made out of like a felt material and mm-hmm. the fibers are very impressive. Yes, yes, Greg. Are these trolls the trolls that are the troll dolls or are they se- separate trolls? Yeah, yeah, the they're troll the troll dolls, dolls. yeah. yeah. Similar to uh, when the uh, <clears throat> they came out the How to Train Your Dragon, the the scales and and reptile skin is very impressive. Check it out next time. Water. What, what are you or Paula cooking up back there? Yeah, I heard the ding. I don't know what Paula. What are you making? Um, I I made a uh, a peanut butter brownie thing. 
Okay, there you go. Peanut oh, butter nice. brownie. Peanut thing. butter brownie. Yeah, there you go. She seemed somewhat concerned as she was answering it. Like, who wants to know? Uh, why is this? <laughs> I'm a top certain that she was concerned. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, another PlayStation pick for you, uh, Descenders. This game is coming out Tuesday, August 25th. Uh, the game description says this, Descenders is an extreme downhill free riding for the modern era with procedurally generated worlds and where mistakes have real consequences. I read that verbatim, I think. Is wow, that extreme? Yeah. Um, so it looks like this isn't related at all to the comic. That's disappointing. Thank Descenders? you. No, it's not. When I was like Descenders, and this popped up, and it's a it's a mountain bike game, I was like, "Huh, this is not what I was expecting." But I'm like, "What yeah. was I expecting?" I was like, "I know I have a reason not to." Is think the comic or is the comic Descendants? No, it probably is okay. a comic Descendants, but we're talking about Descenders. Because as I was googling this game, because uh, for all these games, I kind of do like a little bit of research to see what they are. Like, oh, I, look at that! That, that looks cool. <laughs> all right. Yeah, like, no, this game has some cool stuff going for it. Uh, Polygon wrote about it in their PC cool. review because this game came out on PC before. They gave it a 7, but they said this. Descenders takes a valiant stab at integrating the fast-paced, su- stunt-focused gameplay of downhill sports with the procedural generation of modern games. Unfortunately, this combination robs the genre of one of its strongest attributes, handcrafted level design uh, that players can dive into and learn from. This is balanced by tight controls and a slick presentation that keeps you from ever getting too angry at it. Just make sure not to wipe out too hard. So cool. Uh, I also got for you Vader Immortal, which is out Tuesday, August 25th. Of course, Vader Immortal, a Star Wars VR series, is a cinematic interactive experience that lets you step inside a galaxy far, far away into the role of a smuggler operating near Mustafar, the fiery planet that Darth Vader calls home. You'll find yourself in a grand adventure where you can can hone your lightsaber skills, navigate dangers, and come face to face with Vader himself. Kevin, did you play this one? I forget who played this one. I did not. Greg Miller played Uh, the first episode. Exactly. Uh, Greg, I'm not done. He has not played the, the second and third episode. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, Greg, are you picking this up on PSVR? That's correct. Yeah, of course. Trophies, come on. Nice. So I don't think I've talked about it on the show too, because I, I, you know, I bitch all the time about PlayStation VR and having to set it up and disconnect my box and do all that stuff. I finally had a moment. Oh, did, yeah, I talk about this, about did I talk about this in the show or last? The, uh, I forget said it which somewhere. Show? We all heard it. You said it somewhere, but you can. Say I, it I set up the second PS4 that has a, a drop right now for VR, so I'm ready to go anytime. There, I'm done. Sorry, I, I told you. Why didn't you just set up a some sort of switcher? And then just switch where the input signal is outputting to. It would have been really simple. I don't follow. So you have an HDMI cable from the PS4 Pro going Uh into a switcher. You can set it to go to, let's say, A and B, right? A is just your TV. It pushes through the full HDR, no problem. And then... Number two. Number two goes to the PSVR box. You gotta, you gotta order off. Op, you have the order of operations out of order. What? Because it's the box. Oh no, you're not. You're not. You're not. You're not. I know what I'm talking you're about. Not. And then you have that going from there into your TV, okay? Into input two, let's say, okay? Yeah. And but I don't even. Go. I mean, look. Look how cool it looks. Well, you can't even see. There's another. There's a, the Death Stranding PS4 is right there, and then you got the Spider Man PS4 right there, and then you got I I, I the Xbox like, over there. I don't Shutter. like all the colors. If I'm being honest, I would prefer. <laughs> That's a what uniform. I'm saying. That's why I want like, a black Tim Gettys PS5. Has the white and the black, uh, the, the white Xbox, right? He's got the all white. They're behind. Yeah. They're in the console box or the his console. Yeah, his entertainment, entertainment console. That's there. But uh, if they were open, everything would look 
beautiful and uniformed. Another one for you, uh, Hypnospace Outlaw. That is out Thursday, August 27th. Uh, Hypnospace, Hypnospace Outlaw is a 90s internet simulator in which you scour Hypnospace's wide variety of weird and wonderful web- websites to hunt down wrongdoers while Ooh. also keeping an eye on your inbox, avoiding viruses and adware, and downloading a plethora of apps that may or may not be useful. Uh, Polygon reviewed this game when it came to PC. I think that was last year. Uh, and they recommended it, saying that Hypnospace Outlaw is one of, the, one of those games that deserves not merely to be played, but also to be treated as an opportunity to think about our digital lives now and then. It's a perplexing, clever piece of work, uh, as they might have said back in the 90s. It's totally dope. This one I'm actually hey, interested first in. First off, I call things dope right now, so that's not a 90s thing. Probably. I also call things dope. So, right, okay. But this is one that I'm actually interested in. I don't know if I'm going to have the time to play it, but I want to try because ever since I saw it at the Nintendo Indie World thing, like I didn't know, I, I, I'd heard the name Hypnospace Outlaw, and I think I heard people talk about it um, because... I, I think it came out to like good reviews and stuff, but sure. I never put it put put two and two together that this is basically a game where you're just serving the internet, um, which gives me Emily is away Emily is yeah, away totally. vibes. Um, but it's one of those rare games that. where I feel like I might rather play it on PC. If I, if it's, I if it's about me using a PC. But what about them them uh, trophies? Yeah, and that's what gets me back to the PlayStation Four. Good call. Uh, another one, Windbound, that's out Friday, August 28th, 2020. Uh, shipwrecked alone on an uncharted island, explore, adapt, and navigate the land in perilous seas to stay alive. As Kara, you are a warrior caught at sea in a fierce storm, adrift from your tribe. A tribe. Thrown from your boat at the mercy of the turbulent waters, you are tossed onto the shores of the Forbidden Islands, a mysterious paradise. Uh, this is one that I'm also very fascinated with that I would love to play but I don't know how much time I'm going to have to play games next week because there's so many things to play. That said, I really love the style of this one. Like, it, it gives this me some cool. uh, Breath of the Wild vibes. Did like, uh, Kevin, colors? can you fast forward a bit to the gameplay? No, I'm going to actually rewind. Or if there is play? Thank you, Kevin. Is it me or is our hair changed colors? Will you see that shit? It was, it was black there. Yeah, and now let's fast well, forward I mean, there's the lightning strikes, there's stuff, you're underwater, and now it's white. I thought it was white when I saw it. Oh, the maybe I didn't now. give you a gameplay trailer. No, you did. Later did. on, there's This stuff. looks like oh, gameplay. There no? you go. No? Yeah, this, no, oh, this, man, this looks play, exactly yeah. like Breath of the Wild. Yeah. But yeah, this looks so much like I mean, Breath yeah, of the Wild. This looks which wild. Makes me want to try yeah, it. This, I feel like this might be fun. But let's let's yeah. once once again just take a moment to examine her hair. White. Okay. White, so it's white, white here. White. And let's jump. To you the think beginning. that's like? Now, do you think this she's is, this was a situation this, she's, where she's dead? She died. She's out in the dark. Like you know what I mean? Look well, at that's that. not how white yeah. hair works. Even in the dark. You don't know, dude. You don't have white hair. First of all, it could be one of two things. It could be a situation where she's. The Blessing, Kevin, I ahead. need I need the, the, the chair right now, okay? Mm-hmm. Greg, what's going on right right next to her, her bun up there up top? Uh, she has more hair. What's going on next to the bun? Right underneath, right to the right. That's the moon, okay? You're getting lighting right from the moon. Right to the right? Of the bun. Oh, Look. you mean the light on her head. Okay, yeah. Yeah, the it's the moon, okay? And if you have white hair, what's going to happen there? I rest my case. You're not going to have the reflection. But I mean, look how dark it is. He's trolling you, Kevin. Don't let him get to you. It's he knows moonlight what he's doing. hitting dark hair. It's like Andy right there, okay? You can't this fight the moonlight. That was a song things. from Coyote Ugly. It could be, there could be an arc in the game where she's like, fuck it, I'm going white hair. Or it could be a spirit situation where there's something supernatural going on and a spirit inhabits her and all of a sudden, boom, white hair. I don't think that you you land in a in a island and you're just like you know what I'm gonna do bleach my Dye hair. my hair. Maybe she gets so scared though her hair goes all white, like that one kid from It. Remember? 
Oh, I was going to say Crash Test Dummies. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next one here. Well, uh, there <laughs> was this kid who got into it. I'm getting to the part with there. And couldn't go to school. And when he finally came back, his hair had gone from black to bright white. <laughs> I forgot that, but I'm pretty sure I nailed that. I'm pretty sure I landed the plane there. I'm pretty sure no, those were the exact lyrics, which is wild. I couldn't quite explain it. it just... Wait, I'm sorry, Blessing. What did you just say? You didn't know what? That he could retain lyrics that well. I was going to say that he had so like you, retention or something. Yeah, so you, you weren't a real fan then, right? I mean, like, well, that, I feel like that's one of his most well-known traits. Yeah, but that... Uh, it's one of those things where no, it's I think cool. I, it, it, I didn't remember bless, it. Like, this was a game. This was bless, a game more of a thing from back bless, in the day. Like, bless, like, it's fine. Oh. It's not a big deal. We thought you were a fan. Clearly, you weren't. It's not a big deal. It's fine. Listen, Giant Bomb. Giant Bomb puts out so many podcasts, and I always, I always put them above the kind of funny ones because Jeff Gritzman is really, well, really well spoken. Knows what he's talking about, and so I apologize. I could listen to every single game of Gregory show that came out. Bless. I got to be honest. I have worked here for a long time. I feel like I've gone to Giant Bomb parties. I don't know what they are. They're big. That was good, Kevin. That was good. That was good. All right. I really thought you were going to be like, I don't know who Jeff Grossman is. I've gone to Giant Bomb parties. I don't know what they are. I don't know what Giant Bomb is. Uh, Wasteland 3 is out Friday, August 28th. Uh, Wasteland 3 is a post-apocalyptic RPG from InXile Entertainment featuring challenging tactical combat, hours of exploration, and a deep reactor story full of twists, turns, and brutal ethical decisions. Play in single player or co-op as you customize your squad with perks and abilities geared to your play style and customize your vehicle, the Kodiak, uh, turning it into a hardened war beast. Saving Colorado isn't going to be easy, but Arizona is counting on you, so don't screw it up. Wait, what? Saving Wait, what Colorado part? isn't going to be easy, but Arizona is counting on you? There's too many <laughs> states involved in this. That I didn't I didn't catch that until you mentioned it, but yeah, like I, that... Like, that, that I, makes it seem like Colorado is in Arizona, but those are re- definitely two different states. Yep, yeah. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if the next line is, stop California from Nevada's takeover. <laughs> hey, hold on. I want to decipher this. Saving California isn't going to be easy, but Arizona is counting on you. Did you try Colorado. to save Calif- or Colorado in the last game, and then you didn't, but now you're going to save Arizona? Or what? I don't know what's going on, but there you go. Wasteland 3 is happening. Okay, so here we are in the Wasteland wiki. Mm-hmm. Colorado was the state of the United. What the f- okay, Colorado was the state of the United States of America that was bombed during the nuclear war. As a result of the nuclear bombing, the climate of the region changed to that of like a tundra. Due to the Hoover Dam being hit by a nuclear bomb, the Colorado River was heavily irradiated. Uh, the eastern plains uh, were, however, warmer as compared to the mountainous areas. After uh, some time after the war, Saul Buchanan, a member of the survivalistic. Uh, Hundred families acquired control of the state, transforming it into his personal nation. His children, however, rebelled as he grew older, leading to the patriarch contacting the Desert Rangers to help the to help promising them Colorado itself as a base in return. Uh, Colorado Springs is the capital of the Patri- Patriarch's oh, empire. None uh, of this has to do with Arizona. Being the largest city in America before the this, being the largest city in the American state before the war. Yeah, I don't know about Arizona though. I tuned out very early on. <laughs> uh, Greg, you added one here. The sure did. Rachel Foster. What's that about? 
Uh, well, Blessing, I'm glad you asked. The suicide of Rachel Foster, a uh, press release reads like this. The suicide of Rachel Foster is an intense first-person investigation where melancholy and nostalgia meld into a thrilling ghost tale. This is tr- a truly immersive gameplay experience that has a multi-layered narrative, an ending influenced by player choice, and binaural... By no, by, oh, by I love that audio uh, yeah, to keep anyone on the edge of their seats. That's what really is binaural cool. audio? Binaural audio is essentially like a, an audio technique for like when you're wearing headphones. headphones. It essentially allows sound to feed in in okay. different old dynamic yeah, ways. I don't know anything about it. Uh, it has a seven out of ten on Steam right now, but it sounded like my jam. Narrative ghost story kind of thing. What's going on? Try to figure out what's going on with this Rachel Foster woman. I'm in. You can try it out. This. It kind of yeah, I am. It looks like uh the setup to it kind of looks like uh uh the Overlook Hotel, The Shining. Greg, this looks scary. I don't it know. does look scary, Kev. Kev. I don't know. You don't need to be scared. You know what I mean? Just like enjoy the happiness in life. Sure. Uh, also, I gotta uh, go for it, Kevin. Oh, it was unrelated. I just I think I ate too much chocolate ice cream. I'm not feeling great. Thanks for that update, Kevin. Uh, I got a couple of PlayStation updates for you um, to wrap out or to round out the the. I wanted to call this the Roper part. Uh, the X's and O's. Uh, we have a couple of possible shakeups for the PS5 launch lineup. Uh, Deathloop has been delayed to 2021, and they announced this on Twitter during the week. And then to follow up with that, uh, De- Demon Souls has been rated in Korea, sparking rumors that maybe, possibly, potentially, Demon Souls could come out toward that launch window which could be exciting greg does this do anything for you in the playstation 5 launch i hope it happens it doesn't do anything for me really as somebody who still hasn't uh you know given bloodborne the college try uh and has never connected with a souls game to begin with uh i i would like it to happen because i think that'd be a really cool thing but you and i have talked about it both on camera and off right of like is that too much do they need to do that i mean with xbox not having Halo at launch, if that you're even thinking of it, and I think PlayStation's thinking of it more as a fight, you know, more of a you know twelve round thing. Yeah. Uh, if you have Miles Morales, right? You don't. Do you really need to worry about it? Do you need to have you know two bombs drop? Even though I do think they go to different audiences, I do think they would. I think uh, Demon Souls would definitely draw in a different audience than Spider Man. Yeah. Uh, well, what I do think you think? Do you want it? Do you do you need it? I don't need it. No, I, I mean, I, I maintain that, right? What you just said that I don't know if I don't know if they need two first party game, like two big first party games at launch. I would rather yeah. have that drip feed over the over the course of the year and have it be so that, yeah, in November it is uh, Spider-Man, Spider-Man, Miles Morales, maybe early next year we see Demon Souls or however that stuff shakes out. Right. Demon yeah. Souls, Ratchet, Horizon Zero Dawn throughout the year. I think that can make for a strong 2021 uh and so i don't i don't necessarily need it at launch that said with Deathloop in the context of Deathloop being pushed to 2021 like that is now in their cards for a quote-unquote like playstation exclusive even though Deathloop is probably going to come to other platforms later down the line sure. um you know i could see i i know i know development doesn't work this way but if somehow demon souls did make launch right like that then fills that gap but who knows where they're at in in, in that game if it was always planned as a launch thing or if yeah totally so that they're able to um, come through and fill out that that gap that Deathloop is has made. Even though you know, I don't think Deathloop was going to be the 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 big factor in terms of what the launch lineup was. But. I feel like Deathloop actually getting delayed helps it out for some reason. Where I think you, that's a game that I think you could use more people getting hype for. And if you can space that out into 2021, and obviously who knows when you're going to do? It. They say Q2, but that could slip into a bunch of different stuff. Hmm. You figure that first half of that year, if they can hit that. 
it's you know who knows but it could be quiet it could seem like a good place to launch that you know you, you, i i always like that january time frame that january february thing but you imagine you'll get a resident evil in there this year or well next year you know what i mean and then resident have it go. evil resident evil uh last playstation update i have for you iron man vr has received a major patch this last week that patch includes new game plus new weapons new armors and quality of life improvements like faster load times that's what i'm fucking talking about bless that's what I'm fucking talking about. I've been wanting to go back and platinum Iron Man VR for a while, but obviously there's been a million other things to play. And on top of that is it was the lazy factor of not only oh, I got to fucking disconnect my thing to you know get I gotta lose my HDR, put it back in, do all that jazz, the pass through. But the new system takes care of that. Then it was still the lazy of like, oh, there's gonna be a lot of load times. Being yeah. able to skip uh, cutscenes you've already seen. There's a couple story missions you can skip and then get the faster load times. I'm actually really excited to crank it back up and see what's up. Quick question, you Greg. Have yeah. you had you noticed a difference between the Pro and the, uh, the regular PlayStation Four uh, with the PSVR? Because if if I'm remembering correctly, doesn't the PS4 Pro process a little bit smoother when it comes to that's VR? Correct. That's correct. Yeah. That's have you say. noticed the difference? Have you no. have you played? No. No. no, I have not noticed. The difference. Now, granted, I've been using the Pro for at home for forever sure, now. Sure. I think I still play. No, I play on a Pro. Yeah, I guess I don't play actively on a PS4 anymore. I only use PS4 Pros. You know what I mean? You're so cool. That's kind of. I am a pro. Look at this. <laughs> yeah, you are. You're the, the PS4 you know Pro. I mean? You know what I mean? The PS4 Pro, whatever that means. Yeah, yeah. Let me tell you. Now that I'm I'm moving to my new place, we're gonna get yeah. a 4K TV, and yeah. that means that I could have a reason to get a PS4 Pro, even though PS5 is around the corner. I was gonna say, like, well, you're moving. What are you gonna have to wait a couple months? You're done. Yeah, that's a good point. But like, I'm really I'm, I'm really excited. I, I offered you my my backup PS4 Pro, but now I'm using it like a but, king. But, here. I have my PS VR set up to it. You know? But here's the thing, guys. Do we not have a PS4 Pro in the office? I don't think we do. Connected to the yeah, connected to the original studio setup. No, I think you it, need that. The one that's at the studio the one that we used to stream. Yeah, the one that we need to stream needs to be there in case we need it. Now, the better question would be: at Don't I have studio? a PlayStation 4 Pro at my desk at the studio? It? Don't Don't I have the PS4 Pro at my desk in the studio? Yeah, but and I the heard answer a is I do. But I need that to be a backup like for a the jet. studio one in case the studio one ever breaks. Okay. Wait, so, what? Sorry. We're never going to go back to the studio. I wish we could help you. I wish we could help you, Wes, but they need to I be there. Wanna, what? I just We're play never going to go 4K. back, Kevin. Right now, Shuhei Yoshida calls us up and says, I need you guys to stream Patapon 3. We just accidentally published it. Can you do it? I'll only let you stream it from the studio. Can you go to the studio? You're gonna, you want me to be on the phone to Shuhei and be like, I'm sorry. I would love to do that, but both the one in the studio the playstation one in the studio and the one in my 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 office are now in blessings house that's what you want me to tell him kevin are we going to acknowledge the fact that this man is hogging like you, at least four you PS4. say the word and i'll remove him from this call there are two ps4s in his living room or in his not his living room but in his place yeah right it's right there yeah you're right oh now, again i should be clear that's two ps4 pros there I have my engraved PS4 underneath the couch, and then the anniversary 20th anniversary oh, PlayStation 4 the in the most other room. Beautiful PS4. I have one base PlayStation 4 that I'm working off of. Should have come here and worked earlier. You know what I mean? You could have come here a long time ago, worked for free, and then we could have started paying you this year, and then you could have had some free stuff. Also, we we would have. I, I believe we offered to buy you a, a PlayStation 4 Pro when you got here, and you're like, no, I'm good. Hmm. And I, I mean, we need to put this out there just so it's all spoken. We know. Hold on a second. Hold on. No, no, hold on. Hold on. Do you not have a PS4 Pro on your desk? Me? Yeah. At no, work. That's a, that, that's a base PS4. Oh. Yeah. And just, just so we're clear, just so we're all on the same page. When the PlayStation 5 ships, 
before we worry about getting you one for the office, we need to make sure there's one in the studio. There's one at my desk. There's two at my house. Then okay. we can start worrying about how can you're going to play. Can I call first dibs on the fifth one? I sure, got a okay. review. I called first dibs. I got first dibs. Ladies and gentlemen, before we get any further with the show, let's hear a word from our sponsor. This episode of PSI Love You XOXO is brought to you by YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games. That's right, motherfucker. I know who you are. You're driving around right now. Maybe you're on a run. You're jogging. How you breathing? You have that runner's high? You sicken me. Anyways, I know a lot of you listen to this show as a podcast while you drive a van full of nuns around. So I just wanted to say, hey, uh, we have a YouTube channel, youtube.com slash kind of funny games. And if you could go over there and maybe you don't even want to watch the podcast, that's fine. But we put up all sorts of other stuff like, you know, first impression videos, which is also a podcast, but I think it's better as a video. Uh, we put up Let's Plays, like I was talking about the Fall Guys one that's up there. There's an Xcast. All the podcasts you know and love from kind of funny are over there, but like live reactions don't go anywhere. So if you want to see us live react to Gamescom and you're not going to watch it live, Live on Twitch, why not go to youtube.com slash kind of funny games? And you might say, Oh, I'll go check it out. Well, subscribe while you're there. And you're like, Oh, I don't use YouTube. I don't give a shit. Like, you have a Gmail, I'm sure. Yeah, which means you have a username for YouTube. Just fucking subscribe. Click the little subscribe button. Watch the videos. And you know what I mean? You go to the Apple store. What are you going to do on all those computers? You're going to put youtube.com slash kind of funny games on. It's very simple. You're going to go, Oh, guess what? Uh, hey, son, can you come over? It's me, Ma. Uh, I got the spywares on my computer. You go over there, you move the spywares, and you fucking make her subscribe to youtube.com slash kind of funny games. It's easy. This is simple stuff, folks. You know, it's a one one button, one click. You let me, oh, hey, little Timmy. Little Timmy's got an iPad over there for some fucking Fortnite. Guess what? He's got a YouTube account. Get in there and fucking slice, do it. You hit the video button. You know what I mean? Right now, I know you're you're riding your bike. You got the two kids in the back, the dog in the front, <laughs> the dog in the basket. Kids are in that thing that the, kids, the parents put their kids in and they ride around. When you get home, you're going to have a nice big old juice. <laughs> you have a nice apple juice, all right? Then I want you to fucking click on the toaster, turn on the screen that's on the toaster, and fucking subscribe. YouTube.com slash kind of funny games. It's easy. Blessing, what you been playing? Ooh, man, I've been playing a lot. Uh, I've been playing Samurai Jack Battle Through Time. And I'm not okay. as far in that game as I want to be. I've been trying to do a level a day, and I've already, I've already <laughs> messed that up. <laughs> this very basic thing you want to do, you can't do. Yeah, exactly. So I'm like, I've made it uh, a couple of levels in. I also previewed the game with Barrett yeah, uh, yeah. for a bit on YouTube.com. It's kind of funny games. You want to check out that first impressions. And man, that game is pretty cool. Like, I, I really appreciate that game. Uh, it seems like a very. Are you a Samurai Jack fan? Oh, yeah. I love the cartoon. I still haven't yeah. seen that last season because uh, if you follow Samurai Jack, right? Samurai Jack came out when I was a kid. I don't, I don't know the years. 2001, probably. Um, came out on Cartoon Network. They, they, they did the original run. And I don't think it ever had a proper ending. And so recently, when, when I say recently, I mean like within the last probably like six years, six, seven years, yeah. uh, they finally ended it uh, with a season on, on Adult Swim. So I never watched that season. Um, and it's made playing this game interesting because this game is piggybacking off of that last season. Okay. Uh, and so I'm, I'm missing some context for like where the game starts. That said, like the game, the game doesn't necessarily dwell in that stuff. Like they, they, they touch on, on that stuff in the beginning and they, they use that as a bouncing off point, but then they get into, okay, no, the game takes place in this time between times or whatever. Like as far as where it's at in the timeline, like they were basically just like, fuck it who knows you're everywhere and you're nowhere at the same time in, in terms of uh how the time works and so you're meeting characters from across samurai jack right you're meeting the characters that you love you're meeting the scotsman uh the samurai like all these different characters you know and love along with characters from the the latest season um it's fun like it very much it 
I keep wanting to compare it to a PS2 game and not as like an insult, but it has kind of the spirit of a PS2 game when you think of those kinds of licensed games, right? Like when you think That's of something what I like that is a vibe, yeah. Like yeah, watching you guys playing it, and then like I was the guy who set it up, so they sent me the build. So I played through like the first level that was available in the build, and I was like, first off, fuck, this is fun, and I want to play this, and I got a code. Uh, but then it was that idea of like this feels like, and it's not meant to be an insult. It feels like a good PS2 license game where it was like, oh, this is exactly. enjoyable, and it's not like I'm gonna get like a super deep experience out of it, but it was fun, and it kind of felt like Ghost of Tsushima Light, right, or like a kid's version of that. Yeah, and it has a lock on, you know, which ah, here we go, <laughs> here we go uh but yeah like it feels like a, if it or not feels but it 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 has that spirit of a ps2 game in terms of like when you think of simpsons hit and run or spongebob battle from bikini bottom or these different licensed games that we don't necessarily see today on ps4 it sure. seems of that ilk but yeah it does play well it is fun i like the fighting i like all that stuff like it's not necessarily the best game that, that's come out this year but it's like it's a fun distraction and a fun uh you know game to kind of fuck around in and and do my thing and i like there, there there's a specific mechanic i like where the more your health goes down the more uh your clothes kind of degrade until Ooh, like sexy yeah until jack is like shirtless and his beard is down um nope yeah or not his beard his hair hair right yeah. i was gonna say I don't, I don't know much about samurai jack <laughs> yeah. but i don't i don't remember him having the beard i think he had a beard in, in the latest season? but grizzly I adams did so have a starts. beard shooter <laughs> yeah but like you can't he, he doesn't get hurt and then grow a beard I don't, I don't, I don't think that happens. Um, but yeah, fun game. Really enjoying it. Playing that, playing Apex Legends season six, which just which just came out. Uh, it's pretty fun. That that uh, the last update comes with a few big changes for Apex in terms of how some of the core mechanics work. And so now, uh, Apex has like a shield system, like some other battle royales do, right? Where sure. you have your health and then you have your shields that you fill. Now every shield is an Evo shield, which means that the more damage you you inflict on enemies that uh the more your shield builds up in ter- uh in terms of like what the max capacity capacity can be which is a new thing like the fact that they're making that the default thing that's a new thing um that's really cool and really incentivizes being more aggressive which i i really dig uh there's that they they've now added crafting which is love crafting I, I, usually i don't like crafting but yeah. uh the way they have it going here i i think is fine right where they they i can't remember the, the exact word for him but you're you're essentially collecting these materials that are on the map and then you go to these crafting stations and then you input uh you input the materials and you can choose what items you want that are in the crafting station and a lot of those items rotate daily and weekly and then there are other items that are just part of that are like part of the crafting station that are going to be there forever um and so like that's a cool thing it changes it changes up how you play from day to day and week to week which is pretty cool and so i welcome it uh and then there's also the new character named rampart who i only played a couple matches with her her whole thing is that one she has an active ability where she she uh puts out this shield barrier thing that you can shoot through um and it'll make your attacks stronger while also kind of protecting you from uh opposition fire it's similar to in overwatch there's a character baptiste whose ultimate is kind of the same thing where he puts out this barrier that if you shoot through it makes your attacks more powerful that's essentially rampart's thing here uh i like it pretty cool i I, I like when other people on my team use rampart because another 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 thing with her is that um i believe she has like unlimited ammo for lmgs i might need a correction on that but that's what somebody who i was playing with is telling me which then that's light machine guns i thought it was like large machine guns 
Is it no, light machine guns? It is light machine guns. Interesting. Uh, oh, I guess, I guess a machine gun technically is like a heavy, heavy thing, right, Kevin? And so, like, a light yes. machine gun would be like a heavier gun, but it is still like a. It's a light version of that. Okay. That's why in my mind I was like large machine gun because there's they're bigger than like pistols or whatever, but they're. You know what I mean? I brought um, it up for you. So damn, you Kevin. You don't question me. Right, man. No, I mean, I, I, I believe you, you know? I believe you. That, that actually makes a lot of sense. Uh, but yeah, like she's incentive, she's incentivized to use specific guns, which I don't like for myself. But if my other teammates want to use her, like there are benefits that um, uh, are good for the whole team. She also has like an ultimate that is an actual machine gun uh, that she calls Sheila, which is pretty powerful. That's and cool. people, I've seen people be devastated by that. And so shout out to her. Uh, overall, I've enjoyed Apex Legends season six so far. Uh, blessing. I brought up a yeah. picture of a regular machine gun just so that uh, oh, you can okay. understand what we're talking about. I mean, this is—it's very large. Yes. You see. Yes. You see. Well, yeah. I, I put the I put the puzzle pieces pieces together as I was talking it through. Where yes, like it would be a light machine gun then, right? Like the Spitfire from Apex, which is like a big gun, but it's not as big as an actual machine gun. Not with that attitude, it won't be. Aside from those games, I'm playing a couple of games that I want to rank for 2020 oh. ranked if you if you want me to go into those or if you want to talk about your games first uh, i mean the stuff i've been playing is simple uh borderlands 3 bounty of blood the latest dlc dlc 3 for borderlands 3 i finally kicked on i'm not done with it or whatever but already really digging it it's funny because i we done the borderlands show obviously promoting it leading up to it explaining what it was debuting you know stuff from it we didn't play it so we, I knew there was going to be a narrator in it, and I knew it was like, you know, uh, it's got this Old West vibe to it. You know what I mean? It's supposed to be like a cowboy story. Playing it, it is awesome and weird because it plays like a Borderlands Bastion where like the narrator is on okay. that level where my character do- doesn't hear the narrator. But as I go through, <laughs> the narrator's talking over what I'm doing and like, you know, he didn't understand why that would happen, but one day he will kind of thing. And it was fucking cool. And I like that a lot. And like, uh, there's a new character rose in it that I think is really dope. Uh, you get a cool, uh, motorbike that is, it's just like, you know, you're straight up motorcycle, but they call it, you know, part of the whole thing you're going after is kind of this Western gang that rides dinosaurs. So like you get your own like motor dinosaur kind of thing to ride, but it's just like a really nice, flying hover bike um and so yeah i'm digging i'm excited to be back into borderlands i'm having that thing where trying to get dropped back into a game i've played that long and that late now it is that thing of like shit do i need i need to read up on the mayhem system uh you know to figure out of like i feel like the weapons i'm getting right now never are more powerful than what i have so clearly i have it imbalanced in terms of what i'm doing so i need to figure that out and get back onto that thing or i don't i just run through and have fun in the story but I'm interested to play more. And then, yeah, the other thing I put on here was Fall Guys. Of course, we have a Let's Play up on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games right now. Fall Guys of Snowbike Mike, me, Kevin, uh, Joey playing. Uh, yesterday, Snowbike Mike gave me just a few pointers on things that have been sticking in my craw. And I found myself having way better games than I've had before. And last night, I played all by myself and won my second crown. So I'm like, oh, shit, okay. Like Now that I understand a little bit more about Fall Guys, I'm enjoying it even a little bit more. And I never wasn't enjoying it, but it was mm-hmm. that thing where I was like, I'm not really drawn to go back to it all the time. And I'm not, I wouldn't, you know, when Avengers gets here and Kingdoms of Amalur gets here, I'll want to play those more than I want to play this. But for right now, I'm like, oh, I'm going to keep chipping away at this and doing that. Nice. Uh, as far as my PSN games ranked, uh, I, so over the last couple of weeks, there have been a couple of games that came out uh, on PSN uh, uh-huh. that I specifically was interested in. One of those were, uh, was Alto Collection, which we oh, talked I, about I on the show. I played some of this too. Yeah, I played some of this too. Uh, it's pretty cool, right? It's an endless, yeah. endless runner, uh, side scrolling. You're what now? Awful at it. 
Me too. It is. It's more difficult than you got to collect the llamas. You got to do tricks. You do this. I'm yeah. like, oh, that sounds easy. And then I do it and I start doing the trick and I just face plant. I'm like, huh, OK. The, the, the part about it that is difficult is, yeah, so it is a side scrolling uh, um, endless runner where you are going from left to right and you're essentially like this for all intents and purposes like a snowboarder that is going Shepherd, down yeah yeah this uh uh this mountain right and you're collecting your llamas because your llamas are on the run um but like with all that right you're also like jumping over gaps and jumping over rocks and avoiding obstacles uh there's only one button to press in the game right uh, because i i assume that it's a mo- mobile port um yeah. because it is an endless runner and it is the jump button if you hold the jump button you then start to do like a flip backwards and like you can like execute tricks and all that stuff or like maintain your uh, 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 jump through it. Uh, and that is where the difficulty comes in because I think naturally I want to hold jump when I am jumping over things. And in this game, it means that you start to tilt your body. And if yeah. you are upside down when you land, that means your run is over because you then fall off. <laughs> and I made that mistake so many times because I feel like in this game, I have to like adjust the way I think about jumping, um, yeah. which is like the the main obstacle. That said, like I, it's a pretty pleasant game. Like it's it's a pretty cool thing. I do like the art of it. I like how it looks visually. Um, it's a pretty chill experience. Uh, like Alto Collection is a collection of Alto's Odyssey, I think, and then Alto's either Journey or Adventure. I forget which, which one is called. I think it's Alto's Journey. It might be adventure. There's definitely the two on there right at the start screen where you pick what you want to watch. Or yeah. One of them is Alto's Odyssey for sure. Um, but yeah, uh, pretty cool game. Okay. So where do you want to rank to, it? To rank it, this becomes difficult because I'm looking through and I like it. I don't necessarily love it. I'm looking at Biped right now. Ooh, and I'd say okay. I like Biped more than this. But then I look at Rogue Company. And I'd also say I like Road Company more, more than this. And so oh, I'm, dear. Yeah. So I make my way down to Under Hero for me and Void Bastards. So you're and in the you know 20s. Hey, I'm in the 20s, right? 22, wow. 23. I'm going to place Alto Collection under Under Hero, above Void Bastards at okay. number three. 23. So there you go. Number 23, Alto Collection has been added to the thing. Does that how I mean how does that sit with you somebody 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 who's played totally played fine I played Alto Collection one night before bed for you know 30 minutes or whatever and I was like I like I like the whole three star man I like when you you know you start a level or I shouldn't even say that when you beat it it gives you then three new objectives right and that's kind of like the level system of it to go do these things and they don't have to all be done at once I like that but like yeah I haven't gone back to it since that first night because it yeah. was like oh I get this all right cool yeah, it's not as it's not necessarily as addictive of a endless runner as I think I'd like it to be. You know, when I yeah. think of the endless runners that I played, sure. Uh, usually, there usually I, I can't pull myself away when I find a really good one, and so no. I did pull Let's myself think. away this time. Of course, for this 2020 PSN games rank thing, you remember, ladies and gentlemen, each week we were supposed to read through the drop on the blog, pick a different PSN games to rank. Then we would rank it in one giant list. We'd have 104 at the end because we'd have 52 weeks, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, of course, then they stopped doing the drop, kind of threw a wrench in our works. Now we just put games on there. You can keep up at kindoffunny.com slash 104 list. I want to know, where do you want to put Fall Guys? Oh, we're doing Fall Guys for this? Fall Guys is a PSN ranked, is a PSN game we've been playing. I mean, we did have that stipulation in the in the original yeah. segment that if we're gonna, if you're planning on playing it, were you planning on playing count? Fall Guys forever? You know what I mean? I mean, yeah, like I was definitely planning on playing Fall yeah, Guys. Yeah, me too. I guess I don't know. I just thought of something else in there. Fine. Where do you want to talk to me about your next game? 
Uh, my next game is Manifold Garden, which now that I think about it, I was planning on playing Manifold ah, Garden. Maybe gotcha. I, <laughs> maybe I don't do it for this segment, yeah, um, gotcha, but I'll talk about it anyway. Manifold Garden is a game that came out on PC late last year, finally made its way to consoles, and I've actually been waiting for this game to come out because uh, looking at it, it looks like, I mean, it looks like games that I love, right? It is this first person stylish puzzle game, right? And that kind of falls in line with so many other games that I love games like uh, anti-chamber or anti-chamber, however you want to pronounce that, that came out on PC early uh, this decade. Uh, that is like the immediate comparison I go to because it does have like a similar kind of art style. When you look mm-hmm. at the, um, the lines of it and a lot of the visual aesthetic. Um, but, you know, I then, I, I then think of the witness or portal or cube, right? Sure. Like all these games being games that I love, uh, Manifold Garden is very much of that ilk of hey yeah this is a first person game you're uh, in super liminal actually you can pl- uh, throw that throw that in there too uh, we're playing around with perspective and like with weird concepts in order, in order to uh, allow you to solve puzzles the whole gimmick slash theme in this game is uh, is a couple things right one yeah it obviously takes a lot of influence from MC Escher where it does like a lot of like the the it plays around with the with the concept of infinity a lot and like you know looping um uh architecture and a lot of that stuff and so like when you think of escher right you think of the stairs thing of like the stairs that go into each other and okay now there's infinite stairs the game's visual design seems to uh take inspiration and like go all the way in terms of creating a whole world and a whole space that is uh somewhat I was going to use this, the word symmetrical, but everything's not technically symmetrical, symmetrical, but is looping and does kind of play into each other, right? And so you can jump off a ledge, for example, and you will end up right back uh, on that, like in, in that same space, right? If you aim your your jump and you like, um, you basically loop around, right? Sure, in, okay. in, this, in the same world, if that makes sense. Uh, and so it plays a lot around with that. The game also plays a lot, a lot around with the idea of gravity in a cube space. And so... Oh, basically God, I started breaking my brain dude this game is so brain bra- breaking i love it uh basically you can go to you can go to any other surface press r2 and that'll then shift the gravity that you're working okay. with in okay. game to, and be so that, ba- to be where your feet are yes exactly gotcha. and so like for example i am looking at a wall right now right directly in front mm-hmm. of me the 90 mm-hmm. degree wall that i'm facing if i go to the wall press r2 the game then will yeah shift perspective and i'm now standing directly on that wall and i'm working okay. uh, on that wall as a, like i'm walking on that wall and like using that as a space um translates a lot better visually in game thank you kevin for bringing up uh, um the video be on it. yeah oh, so exactly God. that's what i'm talking about where you go on a wall and then that shifts what you're working with and so you you solve puzzles that way um the game also has like cubes it's 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 weird how this feels like more of a cube game than actual cube games. If you're familiar with cube, Q U B E. I remember cube. Yeah, I remember cube. Yeah, because you are working with cubes, and each cube correlates to one uh, plane on that six side plane of a cube. And so you are solving puzzles based on, um, uh, all right, how do I get this blue cube over to like this space? Like, it, it's 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 dealing with like a lot of high concepts i it was one of those where you i knew i know this is your kind of jam and i know you've been excited for this and when i watched one of the clips you put up on twitter it was like i don't understand what the fuck is going on yeah (laughs) and so like if you look at the video right in the distance you see other structures that those other structures are the same structure you're standing on right now and so like if you change if you change gravity to where that is under you and you step off and you land on it you will basically be in the same place that you are now uh that's essentially the idea of it and I I I like as I understand the game is about five hours long. It's so yeah, the person's 
jumping off right now. Jeez. He's about to land. Oh and when he, whenever yeah, he's using like vertigo. Yeah, whenever they land, boom, that is the same place where they just were. Um, huh. And so that actually explains what I was trying to explain. Uh, I Bro, the game is about tight. Dude, this, this game is, is a GoPro so fucking game, tight. Kevin. The it's about five hours long, as far as I understand. I am about three and a half hours in, and so I'm like two thirds of the way through. And I absolutely adore this game. It is kind of everything that Yay. I want from this type of game. It is like it's 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 hitting that upper echelon of man. I am this game is flashing me back to my time with the Witness, you know, and and the Witness is a game I adore because that game was so good with its puzzles. It was so clever with, with its puzzles. And it had those, it had those moments where your mind would be blown because you did a thing that you didn't expect. Right. Or like you discovered yeah. a, th- uh, a way to do a puzzle that you didn't expect. Uh, same thing with games like, um, uh, uh, you know, por- I mean, portal, I think it's beloved because of the story and because of the, the writing, but the puzzles in that game were also very great. Of course. Uh, Manifold garden has those moments for me of being like, Oh, I can't believe this worked the way I wanted it to. Or, Oh man, like, they're doing some really smart things in terms of the the, the ways in which they uh, they're asking to solve puzzles, right? A lot of the solutions seem it feels like they're thinking steps ahead of, of of where you're at at any given moment, which is really cool. And the thing I'll give to this game too is that I've never been too stuck in this game. Like, really, it, see, that's my problem with puzzle yeah. games, where I'll be doing it for a while, and then you like witness. My plan with the witness was. I know this isn't a game for me. I know I'm not a big puzzle dude, but I know this game's great. So I'm going to play it until I get to that first puzzle that takes me too long and I'll stop. And I was surprised I made it deeper than I thought I would, but that's still what turns me off most of the time where I don't mind getting stuck on a puzzle and then figuring it out. But when you do just feel your head getting rammed into it over and over again, and then the moment you go look at a guide, I'm like, well, this is just defeats the purpose of the game. There's only been one one point in which I was like, oh man, I am stuck here. I might need a guide or something, right? And like for... For, I, I think the thing that this game does that is really good is that it makes you feel like everything is like it makes you feel like the world is at your is at your disposal in terms of oh man how do I do this thing right it feels like there are infinite possibilities because like that is kind of the point of the game is to make make everything kind of feel bigger than it is uh, but I never really felt like I was was uh, beating my head over trying to figure out like okay how do, how do I do this thing for a good like ten minutes right I've never hit that yeah. point. Um, because pretty much all the solutions that I found have been uh, not self-explanatory, but they've all made sense in a way where I was like, "Yep, all right, cool. That is the nat- that is the natural progression of where things go." Um, and so, and all, and man, I can't say enough good things. It, it it maintains that feeling too of discovery that I feel like you want from a puzzle game like this, where when you find a new mechanic, it does give off a cool a cool feeling of like, "Oh shoot, that makes sense, right?" Like there's there's a point where where I guess it's hard to really spoil this game, but like there's a mechanic in this game that <laughs> Don't is spoil every puzzle. <laughs> there's a mechanic in this game that is like a um it's one of the main mechanics in terms of how puzzles work where all of the all of the planes and so like the six different planes of a cube, right, that you're working with as far as how you rotate the world, those all correlate with a color. Um, which means that like yellow cubes, right? Because you find cubes in the world that you can place around, yellow cubes correlate to a specific space on a cube right let's say it is the right side of a cube um so everything that you find in the game that is yellow is always going to fall to that side of gravity and yellow cubes you can't use on a blue plane for example you can't use on a red plane for example um and like figuring that out felt like a cool discovery because the game doesn't tell you much the game doesn't really have any story doesn't have any dialogue like it knows how much 
it, it knows how much it can bite off and chew, right? It doesn't it doesn't go too far as far as like being like, oh yeah, we're gonna tell you this thing that's larger than life, which is kind of where Cube fell apart for me because Cube has a story and Cube felt like uh, that story and Cube didn't feel cool. Um, it didn't it didn't it didn't it didn't hit it didn't knock uh, knock me away. Same with Superliminal actually. Superliminal really? had had a story where. You know, I thought they did some cool, clever things there, but also came off at points as pretentious. Um, yeah, Manifold Garden doesn't have that. Like, it doesn't let that get in its way. It is purely a, puz a puzzle game that is doing a, a bunch of cool different things. And I highly recommend anybody go check it out if this fascinates you, because I am blown away by this game. Uh, I'm not going to rate it, but if I was going to rate it, it would be my number one on the wow. 2020 PSN games rank. But because you didn't want to rate Fall Guys, you live yeah. by the sword, you die by the sword. Bless. Well, where would you put? Where would you have put Fall Guys? Because I probably I, would have put it at number one. See, I think I would have gone number two, so I would have put it behind Telling Lies above John Wick X. Mm. But you that. wanted to play by your rules. You yeah. didn't want to have any fun today on the show. You hate to see it, Kevin. He I mean, do we do we want? We can change the rules right now. We're not changing the rules. Because to move be fair, on. I, now that I'm looking at the list, I did rank Superliminal, which I probably would have played anyway. See, gloves are off. Do you want to do it? Let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. All right. So, where you want to put uh, your guy? Where you want to put Manifold Garden? I want to put it number one. Okay. And then the question becomes, what do you want to do with uh, Fall Guys? I'm with you as far as number two. I love like, telling I, lies. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 And like I Manifold Garden, I I'd put above uh Fall Guys for myself. Telling lies in Fall Fall Guys. I probably I could go either way on that. Okay. And so Do I'm down with number three. Okay. Because uh, I love that telling lies. Yeah. Okay. Well there you it's go. It's a hot top three. And it's a hot top five, honestly. We got a brand new right top here. ten here for you on the PSN list. Remember, kindoffunny.com slash one oh four list. Number one, manifold garden. Number two, telling lies. Number three, fall guys. Number four, John Wick Hex. Number five, Streets of Rage four. Number six, Undernight in Birth. Number seven, Superliminal. Number eight, Hunt Down. Number nine, Star Wars Episode One Racer. Number ten, Round Guard. Ladies and Look gentlemen, the list rolls on. You love to see it. You love to see it. Uh, how about some trophies and chill? Blessing at Oye Jr. I'm down to chill. Uh, Nicole Humphrey, a kind of funny best friend for years and years and years and years, wrote in with her PSN profile. Are you prepared? I am prepared. PSN profile NMH2105. Terrible name, Nicole. Fix it. Uh, when I beat Persona 5 in 2017, it instantly became one of my all time favorite games, and I knew it had to be my 100th platinum. At the start of 2020, I knew this would be the year that I reached the 100th Platinum milestone, and I only had a few more trophies on the OG Persona 5 list before the Platinum. So, of course, Atlas decided to release Persona 5 Royal as the definitive edition of Persona 5, and obviously, I had to Platinum them both. Having reached Platinum 100, I can think of no better celebration than submitting my trophy list for review to the man who gave me the trophy addiction in the first place. I just want to note, as you as you peruse my list uh you will see that despite not being a huge uncharted fan i've platinumed all the uncharted games except the card game what i'm trying to say dot 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 greg miller is a fake fan okay i love you bye nicole Damn. call don't you push out my buttons all right i don't have the i don't have the uncharted platinum in what lost legacy or golden abyss and i don't want to hear anything about it all Dude, right platinum lost legacy man 
I've it's thought about it, game. and then I was like, man, it's not the best Uncharted game, and that's where we get into problems, you know? That's where I get them. Uh, on PSN Profiles, looking at NMH2105, Nicole's uh, PSN tagline on her profile is Beyond. Beyond! She's level 24 in trophies. Currently has 5,465 trophies, still sitting at the 100th Platinum. Uh, let's look into these there, Platinums. What do you say, Blessing Eddie? Let's, let's do it. I mean, the one I'm looking at right now is Zero Time Dilemma. And man, like, shout out to that. That is a game that I've been, I've been very curious about because I've heard really good things about it, but I've never yeah. gotten around to playing it. She does have the Platinum in The Witness if you wanted to, you know, Damn. get over Jesus. there. Jesus. <laughs> that's difficult <laughs> i love that reaction <laughs> that was like painful Holy on your part cow. uh we have platinums in kingdom hearts kingdom hearts rechain of memories kingdom hearts 2 kingdom hearts 3 i like how they all lined up perfectly yeah platinum and spider-man but not all the trophies uh you're missing the new game plus i assume and uh hardest difficulty uh platinum in the sexy brutal uh platinum in watchdogs uh there's zero time dilemma like you were talking about ratchet and clank 2 first light uh transistor get some super giant in there grim fandango there then we get to some uncharted lost legacy there yeah, Life nicole has a great list here do you know yeah that's the thing I'm, like, i have so many garbo plats and so a lot, a lot of us do because we're trophy whores she's got like mm -hmm. great plats legitimate pl platinum yeah, games yeah, yeah, like exactly. undertale a platinum that is relatively easy that greg miller could get but refuses to get not gonna get it not gonna do it i don't want to oh, look at this game it's nes and it's, uh, it's uh, i played five times and i understand the depression you only pain. gotta play it once just play one pass ah, pass ah, ah, smart as you got all the trophies in on vita i appreciate that there's the golden abyss one right there yeah your first one what your first platinum was uncharted assassin's creed 3 then assassin's creed 2 then infamous then uncharted golden abyss what if i told you undertale on vita what if i told you it had two trophy lists I don't How think that's true, honestly. I honestly okay. don't think that's true, but it, it is on Vita. <laughs> and like the game is short. Like the game the game How itself all, the game itself probably only takes like five hours, I imagine, to play through an actual good passive playthrough. And the 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 platinum is honestly shorter than that because you don't gotta beat the game to get, get to get the platinum. <laughs> it's like a three hour platinum, probably. It just, just doesn't do it for me. We didn't we learn our lesson with Shadow Classes? Like I've tried Undertale. I was excited when Undertale came to Vita. I remember playing it on a plane. Just being yeah, yeah. That's I mean that's fair. Like you 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 not loving Shadow Colossus, I can I can I can sit with and be and accept. If you came out and you started to slander Undertale, I feel like that's when we started to get the fisticuffs. Like that's when I started to buy boxing gloves, and I'm like, all right, I got to pay a, a visit to this man's house. <laughs> Is your reach six feet apart? Could you get me? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Nicole, thank you so much for your trophy list. Uh, we're big fans of you. Thanks for being big fans of us. Uh, then a man we know, Nathan Choquette, pops up with the chill part of trophies. Greg, please make sure Blessing makes his trophies public again during the show. The people want to know what his stats look like. Blessing. We talked about this last uh, episode. I forgot. I, you are dismissed from the show until the post show. Go fix it. Go do it. Turn on your PlayStation. Uh, undo your, I know it sucks being one of the my trophies. My trophies aren't even that fascinating. Everybody's fascinated by you. All right. I like. I don't like. I don't get trophies like that. You know. Kevin, do me a favor and mute him until he's got his trophies. All right. Again, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, this has been PSI Love You XOXO. Remember, the show doesn't stop. You can go to patreoncom games. We're gonna have a post show go up right over there. Look at him. He's barefoot.
Also, are those pajama pants? Those look really comfortable. Uh, if you don't want to give us any money, I totally understand. You can get the show each and every week, Tuesday, 6 a.m., youtube.com slash kind of funny. He's just stretching now. YouTube.com slash kind of funny games and podcast services around the globe. No matter where you get it, thank you for your support. Please consider subscribing to the channel, liking the video, subscribing to the podcast feed, leaving a review. All that really, really helps us. Uh, of course, if you don't want to do any of that, no big deal. Just enjoy the show. Have a good time. I hope you're having a good drive right now. I hope you're having a great time. Look at how angry he is, Kevin. Is he just turning on this? thing he's got to go in there and do it like this is so hard like we're asking so much to see what he's doing all the time ladies and gentlemen we got a post show to do but until next time no it's been our pleasure to serve you